What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Travis Gafford, right here with Hotline League episode 110. Ooh, this is great. We're super excited to be here. Uh, we got Mark Zimmerman, my You're the worst YouTuber ever. My constant <laughs> co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going? It's going great. I got both cats in the shot right now. Um, just got back. I am potentially feeling sick. I've had a tickle in my throat for like three days now. And it haven't hasn't really built like spilt over into a full blown cough. So I'm chewing on a uh, Ricola right now. And if I get too bored during this episode, I'm definitely going to pretend that I just got sick and I I can't do it anymore. I understand audio is off again, uh, as always. It's off. We're, we'll work on fixing that. Uh, before I introduce our guest for the evening, I want to give a shout out to Alienware for sponsoring the show. We'll be talking more about them later, but they're doing a giveaway. Uh, right now, of a computer and a monitor, the ones that they play with on stage, at least the same build. Stay tuned for that. But our guest this this evening is Prolly. How's it going, Prolly? It's going good, Mr. Travis. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Uh, we were just talking about how I had to give you a ride home. Yeah. Um, and you, and then Mark took issue or you took issue with the, the phrase had to, but I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to rush home so I could turn the stream on. Yeah. And then but I like how I cornered you. I like this. I like my own style. I'm you ambushed me I'm on the way myself. out. Yeah. I ambushed Travis on the way out and said, if you want me on a show, you have to drive me home or else it's going to take 30 minutes to walk. Didn't you try and get food from him as well? Did oh Yeah. I'm supposed to get food too, Travis. Well, and yeah, we can't am... do that tonight because we have to literally do the show. When did you want to do dinner? Uh, whenever you want to do dinner, baby. Okay. Well, then not tonight. Anyway, uh, great to have you on. How's how's working the analyst desk? Uh, how's it going, Mark? How how am I doing? Um. Mm, the hesitation. Uh, hope you get some good coaching offers for, for summer. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, my Lord. Are you enjoying it? I mean, it feels like you're warming up and you're, you're doing, but you're doing like the first week you definitely were a little deer in the headlights. You know, you just sort of stared. Yeah. Mark turned to you at one point in time and said, yeah, what'd you think of that game? And you just stared at the camera for three straight <laughs> minutes awkwardly while everyone just... And then you threw up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the vomit. I, I didn't know if it was part of the bit. Very but... different. <laughs> you, you, you blacked out. That? I think. Yeah. Oh no. We deleted the vod. It was embarrassing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a yeah, good it's thing that It's taken a while for sure. What's that? I think it's taken a while. I'm still warming up to it. It's very different than what I'm used to. So definitely not good at it yet. Okay. I think you're fine. I think you're doing pretty good. I remember everything you said, Mark. I'll never forget. Is it a nice? You know what? You know what? No, my real problem with Prolly is, is his shit taste in TV and movies. Dude, this guy doesn't like The Office, Parks and Rec. Well, I don't say I didn't like him. You like Lost. I love Lost. You're right. That's see, he's not even ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Lost is a great show. And I like a whole bunch of other shows too, that are. Shows you don't like. So I think the majority is going to be on my side. Do you want, you is, want to go? I pull, feel like people would definitely chat. take The Office 
and Parks and Rec over Lost. Because The Office is like... Well, probably is representing all of those. Like up until and recently. I'm, and I'm like honest. True Detective and Westworld. Oh. But you're only season one, right? And The Bachelor and Survivor. You, I don't know if you had to vote for A. So already, so, so you're, if, like you, yeah, you're, you're talking about I'm good TV. Winning. You can't throw The Bachelor out there. I'm not saying it's good TV. I'm just saying like these are, these are how our brains work. Probably's brains over here. My brains over here. I don't know which brain people like more. I think I, I, I got, I got Office and Parks and Rec. Like you can't challenge me. <laughs> I got and, Westworld. Uh, and, will be shared. True Detective. Always Curb will be shared. Bojack uh, Horseman. I haven't watched it. I know yeah, I people always said I'd like it. Uh, I think we also share Arrested Development. Yeah, I mean everybody shares Arrested Development, but Barry. Okay, has anybody seen? I watch a lot. I watch a lot of Barry. No, Barry, I haven't seen Barry. It? I want to see it. Though. Yeah, Barry goes in my camp. Damn it. Yeah, Eight but three. see, I like. I think I'll like that show. I just haven't seen it yet. You That's will. how I am with BoJack. Yeah, and both to be of those fair, are good. BoJack is done now, so you can go watch it. I haven't finished the the series, but anyway, whatever. This, this is not Hotline TV. Oh yeah, community. I see someone typing community. Community is fucking awesome. And oh, this overrated. guy hasn't seen all of community. I, I don't mind community, but people what? stick it on a fucking pedestal. Oh my god. If you think community is overrated, you're people, overrated. People put it on a pedestal and like I like quality... two seconds ago Travis is trying to move the show on. Now he's like, all right, community. Okay, community. No, I can't believe I forgot a lot community. Like, I'm so sad I forgot about community though. Community yeah, is a lot is like so smart. Hotline League in that <sighs> some shows are really bad and some episodes are okay. And that's how I would describe uh, both of these. Shows. I mean, I gotta go. I gotta, I got a class fine. to attend to. So yeah. After you make that statement, I got a piece. All right, let's talk about League of Legends esports. By the way, shout out to LS for hosting us with like twenty five hundred people to start the show. It's actually really cool. Uh, and Mark, if you tweet or if you have an I will tweet. I did. I did tweet. Okay. Oh. I will. I will retweet. It's a great. It's a great tweet. All right, I'm gonna do that retweeting thing. Nice. Yeah. If you want yeah, yeah. to. All right. Um, so, League of Legends happened this weekend. Cloud9 still undefeated. Team Liquid <laughs> looked terrible in their first game with Broxa, and they they looked better the second game, but I feel like there's a pretty big asterisk mark there. Can we agree on that? Mark, are you just trying to get your cats in the shot again? Yeah, they're, they're batting at each other. I don't know if you can see it. This is not Cat Fights TV, Mark. This is Hotline League. You, just... you keep saying it's all these things that it's not. What is it? We don't know, but we're going to find out. I just watched The Social Network this past weekend. Oh, good. You broke the, the first, camera. First time? Good job. No, I've seen it. But I just it, I remembered when they were like, what is Facebook? We haven't figured it out yet. We're going to find out. By the way, did you you killed your camera, right? You know? I, I got it back. It's okay. it's the, the cable's a little funky. Okay. I mean, the cat's leaving, so you can just turn off leaving. the camera. Oh, uh, what a... Fucking asshole. Mark, do you mind if we do you mind if we do the show? Why don't you just keep going with the show and let me do my part? So okay, here's a question <laughs> for you guys. Team Liquid <laughs> Wait, by the way, I just yeah. want I like that you think that's your part. Uh Team Liquid <laughs> Team Liquid looked really good in their second game, but it was against CLG, who I think can make anyone other than evil geniuses look really good. So I'm kinda curious, do you guys think that Team Liquid is maybe still screwed? I mean, Define. they still had three days of practice, right? So, this weekend, no matter what form they showed up with, should not be what we should expect them to look like, with, like, a real week of practice, at least. Yeah, like, I'm still on the C9s win the split train. Um, 
But at that Quick, point, quickly jumping on that. I've been jumping on that since week. I think I was on that as soon as week one happened. Yeah, I think you guys went really early on the C9 train. I was like, eh, let's see how TL does. No more room. It's your own train. I think, uh, yeah, TL TL has been sus. TSM came down a little bit. Uh, they did lose to C9, which I don't think matters that much, but. Their other loss was kind of sus. I've heard people on different sides of the fence for that one, though. Is it safe to say C9's going to win, though? Because I know that asking that question when they're 8-0 and they seem like they're way better than everybody else is a really stupid thing to do, but I feel like North America has a pretty long history of teams that have, like, these crazy undefeated streaks and then just lose in playoffs. Like, playoffs is, like, a whole other game, I feel like. Didn't yeah, Immortals do that, like, though. twice? Yep. I think they're kind of special, though, no? Yeah, that was a Huni top, Huni Lucian top picking team. You know, they were. That's not exactly how this C9 is. Yeah. And to be clear, I'm not saying that they're going to lose. I'm just saying I'm not sure if I can hop on. Obviously, if I had to pick one team right now, it would be C9. But I just. I. Time and time again, I feel like, especially in Spring Split, we see teams that do really well and then they, they don't carry it I mean, in the playoffs. It is hard to tell sometimes just because you go into best of fives and best of ones show so little about how a team can actually play. I mean, if you even if you go into like a best of three format, like having to deal with a loss or how do you play after a win and adjust is like huge. So no one gets practice doing that. Um, but I'll say like, I don't know, most of the C9 members have had a lot of best of five practice. So I don't think it would be too big of a change from them, but we'll see. Um, I think but we'll a lot see of that other teams practice came more. from them losing in playoffs. But usually practice after making practice, final. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Probably so serious just subbed and the sub question is can Alienware fix TSM late game issues? <laughs> of course. <laughs> if they were yes, if they were playing scrimming on Alienware PCs, I'm sure they'd be doing well. Um okay, That's well That's the difference. So I feel like, actually, I'm excited for this week's episode because I feel like there's a lot of different storylines just on the team side. The Is C9 just going to sweep this, this split? Uh, will TL fix themselves now that they've got Brock? So what did it look like with that? Um, I think, you know, EG winning is, like, an interesting story. I don't know if... And I want to talk about the Bang interview that Mark and I talked about at, at the the... Studio. And then you okay? Yeah, I just sorry, I was just broke for a minute. And then uh I I how are you guys feeling about CLG? Because goddamn am I I was sad on CL, CLG very quickly. I have been I think it was t after week two we did our doctor segment about how they're dead on arrival. Yeah. Yeah. Was that week two or week three? I don't know. I think that was week two. Well I'm it's like I kinda wanna I have like a whole rant about CLG that I kind of want to hold you, back on. You should on. drop it. No. Yeah, because because I'm talking to them about potentially trying to do an interview with their ownership group, which is MSG. And so I don't I don't want to do this until that potentially happens because I feel like it's better to just have the conversation with them and in the interview, but like uh, there's a, what's interesting to me is that there's a lot of people that are finally starting to wonder Okay. I'll give the preview to the rant, which is what just when, do the rant when when, when it's, C9 when starts to fail, people blame Jack. Or if there's team liquid issues, people look to Steve. What's interesting is that a lot of people like MSG has kind of become this amorphous entity 
That's their ownership group. And so no one ever really thinks about them. I think a lot of people don't even know that, uh, again, Madison Square Garden Company is that when I say MSG, for those that don't know, that they own. They're talking about the stuff in Chinese food. Yes, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so I actually just, one of the things I was looking at last night was CLG's YouTube channel. And actually, like, you know how we used to meme about FlyQuest? I feel like, and I want to preface this by saying, I actually really like a lot of the people that work on the CLG staff. Uh, and so this is not me trying to dog on them, but God damn, their YouTube channel is depressing. Like anybody should go look at it. Like most of their videos. Minnesota get... style. What? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The fact that your reaction to that is what is exactly my point. <laughs> most of, most of their videos get like less than three K views. Um, which is so depressing and sad. Like their most recent, like the most, the, if you look back, the only video I can find in the past, like six months, maybe longer than six months. Oh no. Here's one that got 20 is a video of like, thank you. Biofrost. It's like the video of Biofrost leaving the organization is the only thing that's gotten like more than 20 K hits in the past. You remember crumbs is uh, rankings, right? Yes. They like, if you add up all their, their Twitter followers for all their players, their last place, uh, among mm. like, the thing is, you know, it feels really petty and random to just talk about like, oh, okay, well, they don't have very many YouTube views. Okay, whatever. That's kind of like a, a petty thing to pick on. But it's like you start to build all these things where it's like their YouTube channel isn't popping and their their Twitter following isn't that interesting. And like, it's just, it for me, it it's very painful I think a lot of people might look at this and say like, oh, Travis is picking on CLG or something like that. But like, it's super painful because I, somebody who's been around in the in the league scene professionally since 2011, following it even before then, remember that like CLG was this powerhouse brand. And they, like even when they were losing so much, and I get that a lot of people are gonna be like, that was double FTS, but like, they were they would be losing they'd be in relegation yet everyone would care about them everyone would be talking about them like they were just always doing interesting things and i'm just sad because now you know you can look at hundred thieves they've got this interesting merch business you can look at other organizations who might not be doing well in league but at least have like really big players in other games you can look at other teams who perhaps don't have that much of a following either but they've existed for approximately two years you know and i look at clg and i'm just like it's just depressing to me what has happened to this organization. So, uh, anyway, there's probably like a longer. Is that, I was going to say, is that the pre rant or was that the. Is that rant? your flame? Yeah, it's the pre rant. Because I think that there's oh. like, there's at least a 10 minute video that I could do about this. You know what I mean? I just do you want to just do the, the whole stream that way and I can put a cat on and. No. And I'll just react, facial reactions. So, um, I don't know. And yeah, a lot of people are, are in Twitch chat are talking about Hotshot disappearing or whatever and, and it just it just it feels kind of bad right because he sold his team to madison square garden and then he just kind of disappeared um and i think by the way ocelot did an interview with espn and there's a quote that's on the clg subreddit because he's talking about how g2 is going to try to claim new york as their north america like headquarters in the city that they claim or whatever and he says in it no team seems to be capitalizing on how great the city is. Even CLG, who got bought by the Madison Square Garden guys, they aren't using it. I don't think they can use it. I don't think they're neither equipped nor have the ambition required to take over New York, so I will. 
first off, very Carlos statement. Uh, but at know. least they have someone on their organization saying shit like that. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I just I it's it's just become depressing to me what has happened uh, with the the organization and I, I want to do something more on it. So that's that's the pre grant. That's the preview. Like I, either I'm going to do an interview with them or I'm going to do a video with them or something because just asking them like, hey, look, it just feels like you guys are in a in a bad place. Do you realize that? And is that your perspective? And are you going to, you know, whatever. Let's talk about something else. We're going to get into calls shortly, but how are you, you doing, Polly? Sure? Polly, you're sure? laughing. No, I'm just, I mean, you keep saying like, yeah, I'm just so depressed and I, you're, you are. You sound so sad when you're talking about this. So I'm sorry to laugh at your misery, but it's just very, I see you, you're not acting, you know, yeah. you're truly sad about the situation. I just, yeah. I mean, these guys, like you used to talk about C9, TSM, CLG, and then Team Liquid was like, this kind of halfway point before, like they were stuck between everybody else, right? In terms of results and brand and all that stuff. You know, people did care about Team Liquid, but they were kind of the like little brother to fourth. these three. Yeah, they were fourth, and they were fourth in like all things. Yeah. Um, and now CLG just feels like they're tenth in all things. I think their academy team is tenth still as well, right? Uh, yeah, but they have wins now. There's a period of time, I think heading into week three, they were 0 4 on both teams or something, or 0 5. Okay. Uh, are we ready to talk about other things? Yeah. Okay. Should we talk about the bang thing and then we can get into calls? I mean, I have an EG caller. Do you want to wait or do you want to just show well, it? You've already and then pulled. We... You always pull so early now and I never know. I well, feel it's because bad the people don't know that we're. we're well. Pulling this it. encourages repeat viewers because now they get it. All right. Well, uh, are we full for the rest of the show, you think? No, we even... of course not. Okay. Well, do you want to explain how the show works? Yeah, if you've never seen the show before. We've got some should... LS viewers who might maybe haven't seen it before. So. Oh, that's true, actually. All right, so if you actually haven't seen the show, well, the way this works is a live call-in show. Uh, so I've gone ahead and spammed the, our Discord link in Twitch chat. Uh, you're going to go ahead, click that link, join up, and then you're going to join Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2 voice channels. Once you're in there, you will type whatever it is you want to talk about in the Pleb Topics text channel. Uh, you know, try and make sure it's a take. Don't just say, I want to talk about IMT. Be like, IMT is actually not that bad. And they're going to stay top four for the rest of the split and even win a series of playoffs. That's a take. That's interesting. If we like those, we'll pull you from the Pleb Calls voice channel into the... Uh, waiting room voice channel will you hang out till it's your turn uh you'll wait there we'll do a quick audio check when it is your turn and assuming everything's all good you'll come onto the uh on-air channel and we'll talk there you go and if you are a sub first off thank you for being a sub we love you uh feel free to put your topic in the subtopics channel once you link your twitch and your discord after you've subbed it should let you do that and then uh higher chance of getting pulled there uh all right uh, by the way, besides the, the team storylines, is there anything that happened this week? I Forgiven! Oh yeah, the Forgiven thing, and I guess the Faker thing. We could talk about the Faker thing. It's hard to find out oh. about any news anymore because the entire subreddit is just gameplay clips. But I love it. But I guess those oh. things happened. I love them. It wasn't that hard. They were, they were number one on the subreddit for different points. 
All right, well, the faker one wasn't, but... I think for the faker one was number one on the subreddit today. Okay, maybe it was. Oh, TSM being the only profitable organization. Lena claimed that TSM is the only profitable one, which we've kind of talked about in the past, uh, that there's not that many profitable organizations, but I think that's that's interesting. I don't know if anybody has anything. And... Uh... Uh... And it's, yeah. not, it's kind of hard to comment on without spilling a bunch of beans. You got beans to spill? You mm. got mad beans, bro. Carl, you got beans to spill? I ain't got no beans. I got plenty of beans to spill, but they're in a tight Ziploc bag thing you that slides across. I guess that's not what you're supposed to do. As long as it's yeah, vacuum can. sealed, right? Tight, heavy lid on the can. Let's just get into calls. Um, you want to grab our first, first call? Yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out, couple quick shout outs to, where was I? Merchant of Soul, Jazzy Card Tosser, Ryan DB, The Wub Doctor, Fretful Winter 2, Zest God, Ollie 1, uh, Danny Zang 0304, Kawa So Serious, so many things. And Ryu no Jukuku, Liberi. Zugpi and X Adam XK. Actually, be back any minute. There he is, and with him is Jin. Jin, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Montreal. Montreal. Uh, it's pretty up? late there, right? Thanks for staying up. Yeah. Well, I mean, beginning of the show, so not too late. Did you go to the Rainbow Six Siege event this weekend? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. Well, it was in Montreal. That's why. Yes. What do you what do you want to talk about? Um, I wanted to say that Monday Night League sucks, and Friday Night League would be way better. Okay, why does Monday Night League suck? Um, just because it's at the start of the week. It's like people have things to do on Tuesday. Um, like it's people don't want to stay up late if you're they're European, um, and Honestly, if like it's two lower standing teams, no one no one just wants to watch. And if it's two higher uh, standing te teams, like people don't really know about it or people don't care as much because it's on Monday. Okay. Uh, well, a couple different things. Don't people have things to do on Saturday? Uh, yeah, but it's also the weekend, so either they've already made plans, or if they don't, don't then they can just put their feet up and just watch. Because I feel like you could Friday argue night that league. Friday night is a night that people tend to go out. Like Friday and Saturday nights, people tend to go out. So doing sure, but it's also happen. the end of the week, so it allows people to, if they have plans, they have plans. If they don't have plans, then great. Um, they can just watch League. But on a Monday night, more likely than not, you're always going to have plans for the next day because you have to go to work or you have to go to school. Yeah. What about... Oh, I guess I guess you would argue Sunday is an early enough time. Well, like the broadcast on Sunday is early enough that you don't have Starts to... Starts at noon versus yeah. 5.30. Okay. Uh, the other thing is, you mentioned that the schedule sucks for Europeans. Does that matter? Does that matter? I mean, it depends on... I think that was one of the things on the Chris... Um, in the Greeley uh, episode, but it depends on what the, the share of the viewers are, um, and we don't have that information. But, like, 
I would say that it definitely helps that you're not cutting out a chunk of viewers who would otherwise be watching. So I, the part of the reason I ask is because, okay, we, we've talked before about these owners meetings, right? Where the owners go in and they talk to Riot. Uh, I can almost guarantee you that the biggest thing that these guys care about is making their money back and getting the league to profitability. And the, the brands that are buying into LCS generally only care about North American viewers, right? Because what happened, like, this is not some special thing with these brands. Like, broadly speaking, the way sponsors work is you divvy up, uh, like, the you've got like a North American budget for stuff and like that, that team has its own agency. And so they care about North American viewers and that's, that's what they are going to buy. They're going to say, how many North American eyeballs can you get me? I don't care about these eyeballs in Paris. That is something for the French guy to worry about or the European guy to worry about. Uh, I only care about North America. So what's interesting is, so one, I, I like Monday night league. I agree with you that it's not succeeding. But I, part of the reason why I think the argument for, well, Europe can't watch is going to fall on deaf ears is because in these meetings, the owners are like, how can we make more money? And Riot's like, we can try to increase North American viewers. And what if, I don't know if this is true at all, but what if I told you like 95% of the viewers are in North America on Monday nights? Whereas only like 60% of the viewers are watching from North America on Sunday and thus doing it on Monday night gets you more North American viewers. Sure. That's fair. But, um, I think if they want to push Bud Light as their title sponsor for this extra day, I think it would make a lot more sense to put on Friday when like it makes sense to just, you know, have a night drink, um, some beers on a Friday night instead of, you know, the day before you go to work or I mean the night before you have to go to work or school okay uh probably uh, or mark do you have any opinions on Monday versus Friday probably's new to being on the broadcast and getting paid by riot so I'm curious how bold he'll go so I can't thing. wait to see him flame it uh I think <laughs> having work an office job before the idea of like let's go out and get a beer or two even on a night where you have something to do the next day isn't that crazy um, I think even if you are pushing it as Bud Light, like the reality that everyone who's watching is at home with their six pack drinking Bud Light while Bud Light League is on, I, I don't think that that's you know uh, really going on. So I, don't, I think that's kind of a moot point. I think it mostly comes down to what Travis is saying: is this getting more eyeballs or generating more money than you would get putting it somewhere else? Uh, is is the main question, which. Is very, you know, as a fan, that's not for you to answer. I think it's totally valid for a fan to just be like, I don't care if it's better for, for the leagues. I, I hate it, you know? And I think that's, that's you know, you, sh you shouldn't necessarily just be like, ah, yeah, it's better for these teams or something if you have an opinion. I do think overall there's other improvements that could be made with Bud Light, or excuse me, uh, Monday Night League. Um to, to make it a more enjoyable experience and hopefully the audience grows over time uh, and it becomes its own feeling thing that people enjoy beyond just like, hey, they took some LCS games and put it on Monday, what the hell? You know, so like a lot of people talk about it being more of a spectacle or more of an event or giving it a different vibe a little bit more so and stuff like that. Those are things I, I hope uh, ends up being. 
I, I think it's just also a connotation of Mondays, right? I, I think because Fridays, I feel like have more, th th there's more energy going into the start of a weekend as opposed to the start of a week. I mean, they and, did and there's this. Sorry, go on. Oh, um, I, I, was, I was going to say, and, and there's this sort of weird juxtaposition of Monday Night League being the end of the competitive week um, versus the start of it, beginning, right? the start of a work or school week versus Friday, which is the start of the weekend and also the start of the competitive week. So what I'll say is they did have some data to make this decision when they had a best of threes. They had Friday Night League. Um, and I also think his viewership wasn't great, Travis. I don't know if you remember what it was like back I recall, then. I mean, the problem is talking about the best of three viewership is so skewed anyway because it's like what... Uh, like uh, most of the time they had two streams going, etc. But uh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't recall being They made like, EU man. play on like Thursday, Friday. What's that? That was the year they made EU play on like Thursday, Friday. Yeah. And then, and then NA was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was really bad for EU from what I remember. Oh, because you yeah. were over there during that time. Yeah, right? I, was, I was over there during yeah. it. And I was like, we're working on weekends no matter what. And it was weird off days. So yeah, Honestly, play on Thursday, Friday is super weird. No one cares. It was Europe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was about to say. In fact, oh, wait, I quite actually, enjoyed the fact that now, we, can, we made our yeah. schedule kick the EU schedule over. I think that's. Uh, I was just going to say, I'm sure they had some data for what you know it looked like on Friday and why they thought Monday would be a better thing to target with this iteration of like two games not on the main day, the way it was when it was Friday and best of three. So that's just another thing. I don't know what the actual numbers were, but I assume they took them into account. This is this whole conversation about, especially because we were talking about Bud Light, is making me thirsty. So I need to find a time to uh, get to the fridge. But Raleigh, what do you think about the Monday night stuff? Uh, I don't know. I mean, dude, like, I mean, this is one of the boats where, like, I'm really assuming someone smarter than me or someone who knows more about this stuff, like, did their work to analyze which day is best. Because, I mean, I don't think that's something you can really be lazy on if you're making a whole production, a whole show for a day. Um, so if it's literally just a criticism of the time it's being on, I wouldn't know really what to say. Um, especially if you wanted to match it with EU time, for example. You know, we would be starting at 8 a.m. Pacific time, and that gives us 5 p.m. in Europe. We, I think we would do... Launch. We'd probably do noon, right? Because Sunday viewers... Theoretically I mean, Sunday if you start at noon, you're looking at 9 p.m. for... EU. So if you want EU viewers at 9 p.m., I mean, I, again, I don't know. If, if that's the peak time, then sure, that's great. Right. But it sounds like 9 p.m. is kind of late to be expecting viewers to tune in I guess uh, on at the start Monday of a night, show. Yeah, um, yeah. On, on a Monday, starting at noon would be weird, too, for, like, I'm at work on my lunch break. I guess I'll watch 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's a nine-hour time shift, so trying to please them seems pretty impossible without, like, yeah, making us wake up at 6 a.m. or something crazy. I mean, if the criticism is there's too many people on the desk, like, wait. Well, here's what yeah. I will say. Actually, <laughs> I kind of agree. I think the bigger thing here is just, is, like, I know, I appreciate, Jen, that you're posing it as, like, Friday night would be better. But I actually just, I'm unconvinced that taking the games, uh, like, unless we end up with more games in the future, like, we did move to best of threes or we expanded the league. I'm not convinced that doing anything other than pitting, like, the normal schedule of Saturday, Sunday is going to give us better viewership. That's my biggest thing is like when 
I, I kind of expected this to happen. In fact, I, I don't know if I talked about it on the hotline. Like, I wish I did so that I could go back and be like, I knew it. But this feel like I, I feel as though this is like a sports fan thing, right? Like somebody or some people at Riot are like, well, Monday night has some really big sports stuff in the U.S. And so if we do Monday nights, it'll be just like Monday night football or something. And... I just kind of always felt as though Monday Night League would not have the viewership necessary. Because the, the way that Twitch stream and YouTube streams work is like, the longer the stream, the better. And Monday Night, like, it's just not... Like, in fact, and later is usually better. I mean, people have tr asked us to do Hotline League earlier, like at 7 or 6. And quite frankly, like, we've tried that before. 8 o'clock gets really good viewership. So I just... uh I don't know. I think starting a stream at five, only having two games, I realize they do Academy on like a different stream. I just don't ever think this is going to do as well as having your games on Saturday and Sunday. I think you're always going to get better viewership that way. So I don't know. I mean, do players watch or people, not players. Yeah. Does the audience watch all five games that would happen? Cause now it's like four hours. Which, I mean, I don't think everyone watches all of them, but if you yeah. tune in for that middle one, which is oftentimes a really big one, or like the second one, you might stick around for like the next three. Um, generally, like there's pretty high turnover rates for uh, Twitch viewership as a whole. Like a 2K concurrent streamer might get like, you know, 15K uniques over the course of their stream. That's like a, a good chunk of stream, right? Like the uniques is always a fair amount higher. Um, but the longer you leave it on, generally, assuming you're keeping up like the quality of content across it, people leave it on, they fall asleep, they go out, and like you do have this kind of steady growth over that time period. And sometimes, like you might peak for uh, what you are. So, like you know, a COD streamer or whatever isn't just going to go up forever. But like the people who care about you need time to tune in in case they forget or something and stuff like that or maybe they were showering and they missed it you know like two hours is actually a pretty short window to catch something on twitch i know like i love agdq or like some e3 announcements and i'm always like trying to catch them but sometimes i'm like oh i would got lunch and i just fucking forgot all right dinner and like you know my night league's over right like that kind of stuff can happen if it's a short broadcast yeah twitch I think, by the way, the final thing to, to bring this, this home is just, I, I tweeted about this earlier today, and there were a lot of people that replied, and they're like, well, it's because the teams suck. That's why people aren't tuning in. And like, one, our teams have always sucked, so no. Um, <laughs> Great NA supporter. People say League is dying, but I think yeah. League has been... Dead game. Uh, League League recently reclaimed its throne as Fortnite has shrunk as the number one game on on Twitch, and that's with our a lot of the viewership I think of of LCS and and some of the other leagues perhaps switch moving towards YouTube. Like, I don't think like we're talking about Monday night, and usually we're comparing it to Saturday and Sunday. So these kind of weird arguments around like, well. But the champions in the top lane are not the ones that are exciting. You know, it's like people try to form their own. They go into a game and they lose against Tom Kench, and they're like, it's because Tom Kench is in all these games. And it's like, well, <laughs> no, that's probably not it. Uh, so I would just say, please use your brain. Jen, anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Um, just that, like, I did 
come with this topic, but in my opinion, the best format is the one that Champions Korea did, or LCK, um, where it's like best of three, but spread out over a long time as opposed to, you know, all games one weekend and then moving on to the next weekend. And that's probably, for me, the best format. Everything's scheduled. Um, that's probably bad for viewership. Also, yeah. set out to... And for all players and coaches, we'd want to do that, by the way. Yeah, I figured. And also set out to uh, Sinusoids and Fairy Transforms because I listen to more than one podcast. Hey, yo. Thank you. Travis, what, those, what are those podcasts? Do you, did you get the reference? No. It, it's from the Joshua Leesman Experience. Oh, I, don't, I don't listen to that. His name is you should watch it. If he wants to name it after himself, he should use his god. Okay. Also, shout out to Chad for almost leaking your real name. All right, moving on to the next caller. Uh, I forget. Hi, KYTS. Thank you for the nine months. Uh, Snarf zero five one. Thank you for the year. Hobos five four four and Harry Bullies. Thank you for the three months. Oh, let's talk about League of Legends, guys. You want to talk about the game. You don't like these meta conversations. Yeah, these org conversations. I don't know anything. Broadcast things. I don't know anything. All right, Mark, I'm hoping that you guess. pulled a, a League of Legends topic because probably doesn't like it. We have a League of Legends topic, probably. Welcome to the world of League Esports where it exists beyond your team's mm. performance on the Rift. Ghost Han, is that how you pronounce it? Ghost, and it's my name's Ethan, so I put Ghost in front of it because I'm not creative. <sighs> Ghost, yeah. Ghostin, uh, just Ethan's fine. <laughs> Ghostin, uh, what do you want to talk? Or first off, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from New York City. New York City. Wait, did I forget to ask the last guy where he called? He called. Came no, from? he's Montreal. Montreal. Montreal is right. Okay, thank God. Nice short-term memory, yeah. bro. I is going. It's rough. Uh, what do you want to talk about? So I want to talk about how Evil Geniuses is the least coordinated team I've seen in a long time in LCS and how I think that they can improve. And yeah, just today's C9 game was real bad. Okay. Travis, uh, it's time for the inter the interview. Well, I, maybe we, we have no. him give his take and then we do the video. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, the, the bang video actually is a good point. So... Like Can I, I, just I play think, it now then? yeah. Okay, okay, we'll play it. We'll play it. Uh, so here, I'll put it in. I mean, actually, you guys, I think, have already seen it, but um, I'll just turn stream audio on and watch it on your stream. Okay, okay. I have to figure out if I can do this. How, how do I share on Twitch? Okay, skip to this point. Okay, I think I've got the right link. And then this is I very my first complex technical things that are happening here, everyone. You know, there's people who make a living watching videos. And we're probably gonna sit through a Twitch ad to get to it. Yep, there's a State Farm ad. Okay, we're just going to sit through this. We're going to mute mm, it. State Farm. That's the uh, analyst test for me. It's your boy, Jake. Oh, yeah. From State Farm. I can't control my teammates, you know? I'm just one person, but we're playing as five. And when we are stuck in some macro, it's really hard to fix. Because every time... Every single time is every different moment of our macro like that we have to adjust, but I don't, I don't know, it's really hard, yeah.
I want to leave your reactions in one second. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Monday Night League, where we've got evil geniuses getting their first go at Cloud9. <laughs> I'm a little taken aback because <laughs> Bang coming with some that strong words. That was a sad Just yeah. frowning yeah. the whole time. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was not a ringing endorsement either. Yeah. Of, uh... I cannot control. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> So I, honest, okay. I part of the reason I wanted to bring that up is I I'm trying to remember the last time I saw, you know, like normally you see a team a player go like, yeah, uh, we've got a lot of things we're working on our synergy or you know we've got a lot of great players but we can't figure out how to get it together. This guy start well this clip starts with him being like I can't control my teammates, you know, and it's just, I'm only one guy. <laughs> I'm only one guy, and it's just as like. Oh, uh, yeah. This is, it's not even like a bang flame. It's just like it was painfully insightful about what it's like being on that team. Yeah. I mean, what, what was the question? I'm it, curious what the initial question. I don't was. know. That's. I mean, this is part of the problem, and I guess we should caveat a little bit with like we don't know what the question was. We don't know. Like part of the problem is, I uh, you know all those types of clips tend to lack context. But I don't think that the right features team has a reputation for like. Putting stuff out of the, context. So, the the girl who asked the questions, her name's Eunice, and she is really, really, really nice and is like friendly with the players. Like, I think it's she wants like, all of them to succeed. So she's not I, trying I, to like bait questions or anything. Oh yeah, I didn't mean that. I'm just curious what he's. Yeah, 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 of course. When he says, I, "Yeah," if the first thing comes out like I can't control my teammates, like was the question, like can you, or something, or did yeah, he I mean, just like openly offer that? Is it, is it hard for him to be a shot caller? Like, because isn't it known like Zazel is is a known shot caller? Like, who is the shot caller on EG? I don't and think it matters. Like, I, mean, I don't think people are listening. Yeah. Okay, so, like, you go, so, Ghost, why don't you you go ahead and say your, yeah, your bit? So, like, I, I was watching the C9 game, and I don't think I've ever been, like, this frustrated watching like a, a professional league game like in a long time if ever like mind you i'm bronze three so i'm like really bad in general so like i i think when i saw like for example like they were in um bottom side like jungle near the blue ward and they were there was a team fight going on and kumo went one direction bang went another direction Zazel went in a direction and they were it, it just seemed like they were all over the place communication wise and if they nail down communication and like like known shot calling like who's a shot caller like confidence in what you're gonna do i think evil geniuses has the ability to be a top tier team um i'm not an expert in how coaching works is that a coaching issue like evil geniuses did just come from like out of nowhere to take echo fox's spot so maybe there's internal like hardships to get you know like the motors running and stuff like that so like Bang just seems depressed. <laughs> and that is upsetting on like a multitude of levels considering where he came from. But the whole team as a whole isn't playing too well. Like, you know, they, the Evil Geniuses originally even just hedged their bets on like Chovy coming in. So like, it's it's a whole mess, I think. And I think it's something, a mess that could be fixed. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, punt to Prawley. Yeah, Prawley. Yeah, yeah. Probably knows that. Uh, all this. Go. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say, like, I, I don't want to talk too much about roster creation because I've had one good roster and one terrible roster, so I don't have much authority on that. So, Which one was your terrible one? 
which five players? <laughs> last year, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, perform the worst. Like, let's, let's I mean, go. Didn't you have the coach for given? So. Like, yeah. That that was. Oh, Lord. Roster. Yeah. That roster was fucking great, bro. And they did. But, they did pretty good. Yeah. They did. Um, I would. I. I'm not sure if I'd rather coach last year's roster or the forgiven roster. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Both had ups and downs. One had more ups <laughs> than others. Uh, Sorry, probably go. Continue. But okay, so I think a big thing is yeah. The it sounds really silly, but I think these players have way different ways to play the game. Mm. Um, so shot calling, maybe that's an issue. But honestly, I think it's kind of Mark mentioned like listening. So I'm totally guessing, by the way. Just, just like everyone. That else. that makes a lot of sense to me. Like. I, I again like would you say as you were a coach would you say that's something that could be coached like you could be coached into being a good listener yeah i mean there's there's things to improve it because uh a big part of communication obviously is the way you start what you're saying how it comes across and the other is like how the person interprets uh interprets it um so you can have like little games like uh what's that bomb game the diffuse one keep talking like, yes, go. Keep, yeah keep talking oh. or yeah, well, something like that. Like yeah, that's something I had my players play because it's like kind of a funner way of communication practice. Um, but for them, like I can feel a lot of their plays are being talked about. Hey, I'm gonna come here. Like the mid gank today, I'm Ugh. again purely guessing. I hear okay, I'm coming mid. I'm gonna wait for him to see us. Okay, Jarvin EQs in. We got a free flash. I hear in my head, Spencer and going like, all right, I'll just come back. I'm gonna do crab and I'll come back. And during that time, Jizuke was not listening or wasn't interested, didn't think it was a threat, what he was doing, and walked up to fight by himself because he could win the trade. And so, yeah, Jizuke was not thinking about, like, enemy jungler anymore. He was not thinking about where Sven is going. So it looks like, yeah, they just, like, split apart. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm giving too much credit to Sven. I... This guy's had so much success. I figure his baseline of communication is strong enough to where he can get his message across what he wants to do for the early game. So I'm yeah. giving him the credit for saying, okay, I'm coming mid. Okay, I'm going to go crab now. And that message is not being received. We were, um, or, we were seeing, or just like okay. Sven jump in, though, a lot. And his team, like, either not following or... Like, Sven is known for those crazy engages, I feel like. So, like, I feel yeah. like the team should... Evil Geniuses should know how everyone kind of plays, right? Like how Zazel plays, how Bang plays, how Jazuke plays. Like, and if they coalesce with that, I really do think Evil Geniuses could be such a strong team. I, 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 it just bothers me to see them getting absolutely like destroyed and dunked on when there really isn't a reason for them to get like this dunked on. Like, is it Jazuke and Bang being slightly upset that they're not in their regions anymore and they're not like at their prime? But to me, like... I don't think it's that. I think yeah. you can usually buy, forget most kind of like... I don't know what the, what the white, right word for it is, but like those are excuses. I mean, like the, the real reason usually is like probably saying the, the ability to not just say what you want to do, but to, I think, and listen, but also see the game the same way. Like, you could, in theory, make some of these plays that one of the members on EG is going for if more people were committed to it. Um, is it a lack of trust, then? 
Like no, I'm, he, I'm saying like, like in the catch. Uh, actually, the chat, I think way, right? I think that's what it is. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and guess that it's trust. Again, this is purely guessing. Yeah. But a lot of this stuff, um, when they're making plays and they're very split up, yeah, it doesn't feel like they completely agree with the call. You know, I'm going yeah. this way. Like, are you sure you're gonna go that way? Because uh, yeah, I think EG's biggest problem is yeah, they're just not together when they make plays. They but, call uh, themselves geniuses. Maybe they just need to go to a bunch of escape rooms. That builds teamwork, right? Maybe. Yeah, but think... again, like Mark also mentioned, the way that players see the game, it's like a really uh, intangible kind of quality, how a player sees a game, and mm. you don't really understand it until you hear how they communicate. Um, but like, yeah, literally, like, Jizuke going in for that last, like, flame spitter is, like, oh, such a God. Jizuke thing for him to be doing. And, like, I, I know Sven doesn't play that kind of way, but if you put another jungler in there who's, like, more comfortable doing, like, I'm going to say, like, kind of dumb plays, because I'd say Jizuke going back in was pretty dumb, but more, like, aggressive-style like stuff. Blabber would be an example of this, right? Because he's Like, yeah, maybe, maybe old Blabber, who's, like, super down to fight all the time, even if it's, like, a 50-50 shot, he'll, he'd probably go for it back then. Like, Sven's not going to go for 50-50 because he's, like, a smart enough player to, like, build the higher percentage plays. Yeah. Um, like, Jizuke if, if can go from 0 to 100. Yeah, Jizuke, like, I don't know. I would say that guy has gone for like 30 percent plays and then outplayed yeah. it and it's like this guy looks like a genius but it's like dude it's you're you're playing it perfectly and betting that they're gonna like panic screw and screw up it. yeah so it's I like mean, to, to, to give a crazy an, risk yeah i think to give you an example of people seeing the game the same way and even when it doesn't work out is watch c9 versus yeah. tsm in the 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 mid jungle skirmish that they lost zero for two um Blabber fights after his mid laner couldn't recall, and the enemy mid laner came back after getting chunked out in Bjergsen. And they fought, and Niski had to flash in and follow to get to where Blabber was making this play, and Blabber like repelled to the far side. Um, but they were on the same page. It didn't work out, but you can see that these guys are, are seeing the play the same way, where yeah. they want to take this 2v2 and fight. Go watch Sven Skarin trying to gank Froggen in the top lane like three weeks ago when uh, uh, Jizuke was up there. Like, it's so uncoordinated. Jizuke gets like chunked out and forced back, and like then Sven Skarin goes in. And you can tell I've been in situations like this where one guy is calling, go for it. And the other guy's like, I don't think this is going to work, but you're my teammate and I want to trust you. Yeah. So here I go. And like, they just don't see the play. Like, it just doesn't line up. Uh, EG is so frustrating to watch because of that, though. Like, I, like, for me, who just started watching, like, professional League of Legends, like, a while ago, is just, how can a team be that, like, not coordinated, but, like, somehow still win games is beyond me. <laughs> like, you, you can't have, you well, shouldn't see, have LCS. any wins. I mean, they have good <laughs> players. You just started watching. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I, I've been watching since, like, God, like, Dignitas and Curse, but, like, it's just, like... I've never seen something this crazy, so, like at least in recent memory. So, setting aside your this, the shockiness of this too, I want to ask uh, Mark and probably talking about EG. What like the bang thing stood out to me so much because it's one of the few times I've ever seen, especially in like the most recent years. Maybe other than the Forgiven thing recently, which was a way more extreme version, like a player just sort of. Like lead like again, we don't know where that what his statement was before it got clipped in, but saying like I can't control my teammates or whatever is not 
a good sign for the situation with the players. Uh, he's also been tweeting a lot of like very kind of emotional stuff lately, and maybe he's just an emotional player. But I mean, I would you, say um, it's not that uncommon to see people be sad in those kind of interviews. Jensen had one from last week when they lost to Golden Guardians. Oh, yeah. he, he was just like, "Man, we fucking suck, and I don't know what I should be doing because I'm yeah. trying my best." You know, I so I don't think it's it's like, oh my god, but it it was a little bit different feeling where it was just like, man, we like I I don't know what to do. Uh, you sometimes see players talking like that, yeah, but because this that's, one... normally it's like we suck and we need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. This felt like this team is not working kind of deal. That's the yeah. that was the crazy thing about it this time to me. Yeah, I mean I I agree, but just with the caveat that like who knows you know not english first language yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe the way he phrased it isn't exactly how he feels uh but i will say one thing is the game is more complex than people like to you know people often position like this is what it should be this is the one way it is and i don't know people have different opinions and that's yeah, play, teams play different styles right mm-hmm. like, yeah actually, it, that's i like i would love to see eg become like the zany team that pushes a ton of stuff like, uh, if they go, like, if they went all in on Jazuke, like, I love the idea of EG being this team that just fights all the time and does crazy stuff and wins because people don't expect them to do what they're going to do. That's, that's a good, that's a good point. Like, I, yeah, they, uh, they definitely have the ability to do that. It, it's just a matter of, like, the path of getting there. Yeah. I mean, when. I, I kind of agree. And but the only reason why I, I think it's not super working is, like, I think, Okay, so if this is like a, I don't know, 10-point scale of aggressiveness. Because right, everyone has to have a similar style for it to like actually work. I can say, like, Jizuke is, like, probably here. And I'm so going to put, like, th- this 10? is the highest. Yeah, this yeah, is the okay, highest yeah. that we can get on this scale. And then I like, get yeah, Sven and Zazel is kind of, like, here. Is that, like, a 7? Sure. Use numbers. Yeah, 7. Seven. Yeah, I like hands, bro. Just yeah, watch. But we, it was over a webcam. This is, and there's also a podcast version of this where nobody's gonna I mean, be able to. I like the ambiguity. You don't know what number I'm pointing to. It's he just can't be wrong head. if he doesn't say yeah. anything. Ugh, okay. And then I'm gonna say, yeah. Point is, I think Bang and Kumo are way different play style in terms of how they want to play the game. So I can hear Jazuki yelling, "Let's go!" And then Sven and Zazel being like, "We should go here." And then Bang and Kumo being like. Where are you three going? Yeah. Hey, so, I mean, uh, I think if they want to do some crazy zany style, I think that's pretty hard unless you have all five players bought into, like, all right, we're just going to go ham everywhere. Yeah. It also just comes down to Irene's coaching style and, like, what Irene wants to do with the team, and, like, the goals. So, I, I, I think um, there's a lot of different pathways for evil geniuses to be incredibly successful. Like, I know Kumo gets a lot of hate. But I think Kumo is going to be a really good player, specifically. Hey, uh, thanks so much for calling in, Ghost. Is there anything you want to say before we move on to the next um, one? Yeah, um, shout out to FlyQuest and their TreeQuest initiative. If you guys see trash on the ground, pick it up in your parks and stuff. They're really doing good stuff with that type of thing. So have a good night, guys. Thanks. Let's take a one quick more? break. Or a break? Okay. Yeah, a quick break uh, to talk about Alienware. Alienware, they sponsor so much of what we do. Uh, here at Travis Gafford Industries. They are the foundational partner behind Travis Gafford Industries. You know, some teams, they have their VCs. Uh, others have their sports w- orgs. 
we've got Alienware. You can go over to Alienware.com slash Travis, which I will put in the chat right now. And uh, you can actually sign up. And it's a big, it's actually, I know some of you are like, oh, what if I don't win? Do I, do I want, do I even want to do this? But it actually does help me a lot for you, for you entering. So if it's not for you trying to win, which you could, <laughs> uh, do it for me. Uh, because it, it, and they see a lot of people signing up from me. Do you want me like, to use my bots? No. Well, maybe, let, we'll talk. Um, but Alienware.com slash Travis, uh, enter for a chance to win an Alienware 25 gaming monitor and a new Aurora R9. These are what they use at uh, the LCS to play on. You get 240 hertz display. Uh, signing up for that stuff actually helps me a ton. And you can win this. And it's pretty cool if you've uh, entered already. I don't know if you can enter again, but maybe you can. Either way, just go check it out. See if you can. Try it out. Uh, this is their big celebration for the start of LCS. Uh, of course, Alienware doing all sorts of other cool stuff. I think, I think that they have a sale going on right now for President's Day. And so if you're listening to a live version, you can go over there and check out their website. They've got uh, up to $500 off on Alienware, select Alienware PCs. If you're listening to the VOD, go check it out. Maybe they extended it. I don't, I don't know because that's the future and I, I don't know what happens in the future. I can't predict it. Uh, who I am. I'm not a prophet. I can't tell you what they're going to do. Alienware.com slash Travis. Please help me out. Oh, and Travis 10 off, by the way, when you check out. I think it starts with their presence today stuff, so you can save even more, apparently. Cool. Should uh, I get Mar the next person? Yeah. I'm going to go grab a drink. Good. So, probably you just, while he's grabbing the next person, you just entertain the stream. It's all on you. We're going to test your analyst desk can't do this on the desk so i'm doing it now these are dance moves sitting in a chair dance moves let's let's go read the, oh don't worry i'm back already never mind i'm not reading anymore rico suave is with us rico where are you <laughs> calling from long time caller calls in all the time all the time that's a bit obsessive but uh from new york city <laughs> carlos sends his regards yeah, you're already on the G2 train. You're, you're ditching CLG. Oh, I'm tired of looking at that fire already. <laughs> Rico God. Suave is here. I knew that voice oh, as I no. walked in. I was Rico doing Suave. your job already. He's about Rico. to give his take. Shut up. Rico, Rico Suave, uh, I believe you're from New York, correct? We already yes. went over this. Great to have you on the show. Travis uh, is just flexing his knowledge. What would you like to talk about on the show tonight? I uh, would like to talk about is how the LCS doesn't have a strong second or third team right now. So um, I guess we can go through the list real quick. Uh, right now we have FlyQuest, Immortals, Dignitas, and Golden Guardians and TSM. Like second, third, fourth, tied for fourth. And well, Immortals and FlyQuest I... are tied for second. TSM, Dig, Golden Guardians tied for fourth. Just seeing the games... And how some of them won it aren't convincing enough, and it's pretty bad for the LCS because it, it's just Cloud9 won't have won't have any competition at all. I still personally believe Team Liquid won't um, come back at all. They'll probably make it to final to playoffs, but they'll probably shit the bed. And you know, a lot of people were on that FlyQuest Dignitas um, hype train, and people already you know leaving that train already. Um, 
Probably. I would want to ask you, how much of C9's dominance do you attribute to the fact that they don't actually have any competition in North America with TSM starting slow and TL not even starting? Versus do you yeah. think they are actually like an internationally competitive team? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say they have not really been challenged at all. Uh, so their level is probably lower than their actual potential because no one's really punishing them. Maybe scrims are a different story and teams can like match up well. Uh, but at least if I was C9 reviewing my stage games, I would have to... I would have to be extra critical of the players when they didn't make big mistakes because it's hard to find all the mistakes that like they're being punished for, you know? So I'd have to like create Right. Like you'll normally be punished this way. The enemy team was bad, so they didn't. But you have to VOD review more hypothetically than like, oh, yeah. this happens, so do this next time. And by the way, if you VOD review hypothetically, it's like one percent chance to work it's really <laughs> low like to convince a player that they're wrong when they weren't wrong and there's no proof that they're wrong pretty hard so yeah i would say their improvement is i mean i just hope the players are like super passionate so when they're winning they're like yeah let's keep winning and they're not just like oh we're winning because everyone's shit we and they take a break um but i'll say yeah i agree our second and third teams are not strong enough to push um for those spots definitively uh Everyone's had really sloppy games. And I mean, I still give a lot of credit to C9 because their wins are very convincing. Um, Do you guys think there's even a chance that there's a second best team in the league right now? Like, if I asked you guys who do you think is second best, would you. I mean, I would say TSM in a best of five would be second place. If all the teams. Because I think best of ones are nonsense. So if we had to go into a best of five this next weekend, I would give TSM is going to be in finals to C9. But like if what what level of a sh like a certainty do you say that? Cuz I agree that TSM probably is mm -hmm. the second best, but not with any degree of certainty. Like even I would say not even like above 50%. I could easily see them see them just I'll biffing them a best of yeah, like wow. for the love of god, they I'll lost their favorite. Golden Guardians. Hey, Golden Guardians are looking better. But Yes, your point is correct. If they lost, <laughs> if they lost the Golden Guardians this weekend, we can no longer be super certain about it. Because yeah, if, if they lost the CLG, yeah. then you've got a point. But I mean, um, I still think the point stands, though, that like anyone right now in a best of one can lose to each other, and I have confidence that TSM is, if you exclude CL9, uh, C9, the best best of five team right now, but I could see them losing a best of five to Immortals where like they don't play that well, some tilt sets in, maybe their draft isn't figured out, you know, like whatever it is. No one had, like TSM has had good drafts and they've also had bad drafts and they've also had times where they couldn't finish what their draft started, you know, so like. Well, how confident are we? Let me ask you, so then the follow-up question for both of you, FlyQuest and Immortals, do you think those, they don't, I don't want to say they don't deserve it because obviously they've, they've demonstrated that they deserve it by winning, but are they kind of like weak second place teams right now i mean immortals way were performing what people expected from them mm -hmm. and flyquest i think kind of as well i would say yes i think they are both better than preseason expectations for most people myself included but they didn't get it by being better than team liquid with the like the team liquid we expected they got it by being better than sure fire team liquid where doublelift doesn't give a fuck you know that's not exactly what i had in mind when I put Team Liquid as my first place team in power rankings. 
and I'm still and it feels like they're placeholding until that team liquid shows up. And maybe they never do, but they didn't get that by tearing down four time team liquid, right? Four time champion team liquid. They got that because team liquid went boom in the first part of the season. Yeah. And one of the wins that Immortals had was just a straight rush through mid against CLG, which we lose you, Rico. You kind of cut out there, but yeah, oh, you're yeah. talking about through the, the CLG win, yeah. Yeah, that wasn't convincing at all. They just happened to out monkey CLG. I think no, but Rico, I really appreciate this call because I think it is true. Like, and I, I actually wonder if because a lot of people I think are just being kind of disappointed in the LCS right now in terms of the strength of our teams, and I kind of, I wonder if it's because we don't have a good second place team where you can feel really good about them. Because we usually we have like one or two where you're like, oh yeah, these guys are beating everyone except for each other and the top team. And we just don't have that. It's kind of like, it feels like every week it's just a soup of what bubbles up to the top and Immortals. Did you watch the countdowns? Or the, did you <laughs> oh, see no. me call it a soup? No. Did you call it a soup? Great yeah, minds think alike, Travis. I called it a soup too. Nice. Did you I said, on the desk? Yeah. Yeah, I said C9's like, you know, uh, mignon, you don't put that in a CLG's poop, you don't put that in a soup, and everything else is kind of floating around the soup. Yikes. All right, huh? anyway, any other yeah. final thoughts on this before we move on to the next caller? We kind of have to move a little quickly. I mean, okay, only yeah. thing I will say is he did mention the TL versus CLG was not convincing, but that's another game where like CLG did not put up a fight at all, so TL just kind of rolled over, and those are a lot of C9 games that I feel like. The other team is just rolled over by C9, and I like can't really tell. That's a really good point. I hadn't really thought about that, but that's a good point. Good on you, probably, for finally making one of those. Hey, Rico, anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Um, quick shout-out to Alienware. Um, thank you for putting me on. And a quick shout-out to the Pony Goat. You're welcome for getting carried. There you go. Thank you, Rico. <laughs> uh, sometimes these, these shout-outs are fantastic. Okay. Mark, next caller. Yep. Uh, speaking of shoutouts. Oh, go ahead. Uh, what? I think someone, I saw someone in chat mention TL in a best of five. And I'm like, actually, would TL in a best of five be good right now? I think they won't. I think I mean, they, I think they could do. go beyond three games. The problem, I, I, yeah, okay, I think that's fair. they could have good games. Like, I don't think they'd get zero threed. The problem is I'm not, and obviously it just depends on who they're best of five against. Cough, right? we have a caller. Yeah. Right, sorry, I um, probably just posed a question, and I thought maybe I would just finish my fucking thought. No one, you're not here for that. Get him, get him, Mark. Maximus. <laughs> no one's here for your analysis, Travis. They're here for your looks. <sighs> Maximus, uh, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, my take is that Golden Guardians will make semifinals because of Closure's jungling. Oh, nice. Okay, this is a fun take. I like this. Are we are we about to watch a cat fight, Mark? Probably. My okay, my well, one cat's getting maybe fix the focus. Okay, so Golden Guardians make semis because okay. of clo on the back of Closure's jungling. Uh, right. Talk to me about this. What what about Closure's jungling? Do you think is so good? I think he's very aggressive early game, and I think that kind of allows the... Uh, because he's so aggressive, he puts so much pressure on the opposing team, 
that it allows the inexperienced lane of Keith to like not get fully exploited early game, and that allows the FBI, who I think's playing a lot better than I thought he would, to be able to carry. And I like the synergy between Closer and Golden Guardian and uh, Golden Glue. And I think that Haunter is just a solid uh, feature in the top lane in that if you don't put him on something like Soraka, then he'll do fine and most of the ball hold his own. Mark, I'm going to throw this over to you. Just kidding. Uh, Prolly. Mm-hmm. The cat fight actually did happen. Prolly, uh, how good is Closer? Because I feel like a team... I'm actually curious if he's better than a lot of people think or like the community thinks because I feel like on a team like Golden Guardians, people... Just tend to, and especially because he's like a new player, comes from not a, a mainline region. You know, I feel like a lot of people are willing to to not pay as much attention or or won't give him as much attention as maybe he's due. Oh, I think he gets a lot of attention, though. I mean, you're, I mean, you're talking about him probably, on the analyst desk, yeah, but I, guess, I don't think yeah, in the broader that's just, yeah, internally. Yeah, I just yeah, I feel internally like we talk people about talk a lot. about. Them. Yeah, maybe that's it. Mark, did you hear? What do, what do I need to catch you up on after you? Nothing. Uh, Probably. Did you see Crumbs and I do like a little jungle power ranking thing, and we put closer on there? Yeah. I so I had him fifth. Crumbs had yeah. him second. Where do, where would you put him? Okay. Let's see, we got Blabber. Mm-hmm. What are the junglers right now? Smithy. Is Broxa even on the list? I think no. I didn't. I didn't have Broxa. Yeah, Broxa's not on the list yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I say like Blabber Smithy's doing well. Uh, and then I had Dardock and Santorum, but it was really close between Closer, Dardock, and Santorum. Mm. I don't know. I had a lot lower. I don't know. It's kind of hard because, yeah, when you're on a really weak team, especially in like the games that they lose, Closer still looks pretty decent. Um, and I mean, I do think he's really good. He's really aggressive. I think definitely most aggressive jungler in the league. Uh, however, I think kind of like how Blabber was last year, he lacks some game knowledge where he's like making these mistakes when he could be playing really like his aggression got him this advantage and then he didn't use it properly. He's like overextending his hand, not resetting properly, not pressuring the right side of the map. Um, but I'd say like overall, I don't know, I'd put him in top four. Um, I'd say fifth is maybe too low for closer. Um, closer, or closer. Closer, uh, closer. Yeah, but no, I think he's doing really well. For sure. And I didn't really know what to think about before he came in. So I was pretty happy to see him like actually play like the Jarvan Gragas matchup aggressively. I think again that was an example of he overplayed his hand a bit. Um but yeah, I like how he's just yeah, he's a pretty aggressive player for his team. And I know you mentioned that it kinda helps Keith's lane out a lot. And yeah, if you it's another intangible with League. If you have a really kind of crazy jungler like passively helps your lane as long as he's not showing because like yeah you don't want to be the guy who dies to this like hyper aggressive jungler so you're gonna like second guess yourself a lot so i think it does bail out his lanes a bit because i don't think he has like particularly strong lanes right now yeah and i think even though he is really aggressive i don't think he's stupid aggressive like i i usually don't see him go for something that then gets hard punished in the early i can't really think of a time where i watched him like you know, go for some invade that then didn't work out, and now the game's over, or like he's way behind. Maybe there's been one, but I don't remember any off the top of my head. He hasn't taken like gigantic risks or anything like that. But like yeah, so he, is, he still has a fine tuning, I guess is a better way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like in the in the mid to late game, I agree with what you're talking about. But he in the early game, I, I can't even think of a time he did something where I was like, oh, wasn't fucked. 
you know? Uh, so I think yeah. he's been he's been really good. Whether or not they can win a playoff series, I actually kind of have some faith in them as long as you get, like, Keith and FBI have been good the last two weeks. I am very hesitant to believe that that will stay. Um, but if it does, I could see them having a good day versus any of these other teams that we're talking about kind of being in this soup and grabbing a, a win in a five-game series. Okay, so here, yeah. uh, while we're talking about that, right now, if we were to take the six teams, it'd be they'd have to face off against Cloud9, Immortals, FlyQuest, TSM, or Dig. In the oh. first round, though, that... First round, they play? C9 wouldn't play. They would. Yeah. They would if if C9. Let's say C9 and Immortals. C9 got, and the Immortals are out. Then. Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's say let's say they're out. So they'd either have to play Dig, TSM, or FlyQuest. I feel like Dig's the only one where I feel confident, feeling like they could come out of that one in, with a pretty good chance. Mm. Well, you have to remember one big thing about best of fives is they are so slow compared to regular season play style. So all these teams playing aggressively. This game's going to slow down like crazy once we get to playoffs. So if you're trying to win a best of five with that squad, I think you can't win it off of an aggressive jungler. I think you're going to need a lot more like tools to win these games. I think for best of ones, I think that being their kind of like shining light is enough, but not for best of fives. Right, which is why I think if Keith and if the whole team's playing well, right? Like I don't think Closer can hard carry them by himself in a best of five. You can do that like in a single game where you just turbo camp someone and shut them down. That's not going to happen. Like, you're not going to just perma camp top for five games in a row and the enemy team's not going to adapt or some well, super shit. Like, you'd only need to do it three games in a row, Mark. R okay, three games in a row. Gotcha and they just, there. they just never adapted to your jungler doing the same thing or anything. So I agree it couldn't be on closer to hard carry, but I think given how volatile the rest of the league has seemed, if they're playing well, I think Hauntzer is decent. Keith and FBI, when they're playing well, are good about making plays and being aggressive. And so is Golden Glue, though he he does all. Everyone is is prone to make a big oopsie sometimes too. So I want to ask you guys while we're on the topic of Golden Guardians, is Keith no longer uh, holding the team back? Because it seems like that was the general sentiment for especially the first two weeks. Whoever thought that was an idiot? That true. I mean, his KDA looked was god awful. There was, I think, I mean, oh, one one game where I was like, "Wow!" It was one of his Tom Kench games. He was just permanently in the in the wrong spot. And it, there was one before it where he was saving people and then dying. There was also one where he was dying a bunch. That game felt really hard. But I think there are other games too that it wasn't his fault. Um, and I don't think he should be on Tom Kench generally. If if you picked him, to, if you know, like he was signed to be the aggressive player, and then you're just throwing him on Tom Kench, so. I don't know. I think the game that he got like smashed on Tom Kench was against Cloud Nine, so take that for what it's worth as well. I think that was no, the one. It wasn't. It wasn't a Cloud Nine game. Yeah, it was. It was. So there was yeah. one where, like, he was saving everyone, getting smashed, and then he was dying, and that was the Cloud Nine game. And then the one after that, he died a bunch too on Tom Kench. Well, anyways, what were you gonna say, probably? Was it Mortals? I can't remember, but yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree with Mark. I think there's one game that I was like. Keith, you're fucking up. And the other games, I was like, Golden Guardians, you guys are fucking up. <laughs> yeah. Because it's literally just like, they're just fucking up on the map. Like, they're making wrong plays at the wrong timing. People are getting caught and stuff. Like, do you put any support in there? And unless they're like 1v9 shot calling and like micro everyone, those mistakes would have happened anyway. So he's getting a lot of hate, I think, because 
yeah, as a support, like you're the one going to ward. So unless you're dragging your jungler, which by the way, this is one thing I knock closer on is their jungle support, like synergy is pretty <laughs> not shit. there. Yeah, yeah, it's like closer's going in, so I guess Keith is following, or Keith's going in, so closer's following. But it's never like two guys squad. standing in a brush, walking them yeah. walking for yeah. Um. So yeah. Because also, yeah, their jung jungle support synergy is not great. I assume this spreads out to their support AD and their support mid kind of synergy when they go to get vision. So I'm assuming Keith is there first to go get vision without his team, and then he's just getting caught and dying. Like this happened to Aphromu a lot with our team, where he's just like, he was faster on the play and then didn't have good synergy with our jungler yet. So he was just always alone. And if you see the support by himself and the jungler's over there, you're just going to all in that support because what's he going to do? Like slap you for 50 damage? So yep. it's really easy to kill that support when they're out of position. He says I have more views than Peter right now. Look well, who wants washed. to watch a yeah? Oh, well, you beat ass. me to it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Washed up. Oh no. Oh uh, god. I, I only watch people for good gameplay. So why would I watch double lift? Yeah, but no, this would, is a Travis. Wait, this? him playing badly though ruins bot lane in NA because he was literally our best laner and he's making all other lanes like compete with what his meta was and how he played the game. And now that he's not doing it, it's like... I mean, Sven and Vulcan are good, but they're not, like, you know, trying to 1v9 smash lane. That's just I didn't even see style. him on. I think you got lied to. Well, if he's not on, I still have more views than him. Wait, it says live. Did he just turn on? Oh, no, he has 2k. Why can't I see it? Oh, yeah, is it beaten. sorting by recommended instead of... It's not recommending. Twitch is no longer recommending a stream. Maybe that's why he only has 2K. Yeah, they're like, oh, this he's doing World of Warcraft. Washed. That's part of it. He's playing WoW. He's oh. playing classic WoW? Doing a viewer raid on my off day. All right, well, I thought he would be. Now we look dumb. Do we Do <laughs> we look back dumb, or does Peter playing no, WoW look, instead of League dumb. of Legends? <laughs> oh, yeah. Why practice if you're second to last? This is this is how you end up uh, not starting anymore. There's another AD carry that could tell you this uh, after this last off season. Sneaky. That was a. That was a. Oh, gotcha. Thanks. I needed the help. Yeah. Maximus, anything you want to say before the next the next caller? Uh, no. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I really enjoy your show. Oh, thank you so much. Have a good one. He's lying about that enjoyment part. He's just being polite. Of course. Mark, you want to grab the next person? The Golden Guardians look better. Can they win a best of five? That's a hard question. All right. A uh, couple different things. Nemsick, thank you for 30 months. I think Nemsick might be in the lead right now. St. Louis Slayer for 20 months. Kakaroff, PhD. NA Alistar, the Elo Burglar. Daniel N92. And uh, insulin shots, Gundram, Brawler Yukon, Ristle Britches, Reason of Insanity, ZBake05, St. Louis Slayer for gifting us up to Razzle, Plasm, Biwata, and the Blevins. We got Pre Never Stops here. Pre, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Michigan, no longer in Germany. Oh, nice. Well, well welcome back to the States. Thanks, or in Michigan. Uh, Grand Rapids. What street? <laughs> <laughs> What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I want to talk about uh, how TSM is drafting and how they're playing is a good sign for the future and exactly how they should be using the spring split despite their 0-2 week. Okay, go for it. All right. Um, so I think the best way to win right now in the 
to pick scaling, uh, specifically stuff like Orin and Raka, maybe even like Yumi. But even if it's the best way to win, I don't think it's necessarily the best way to play the game. And I think that uh, TSM are approaching Split in the white way because they're being a little bit more creative with their drafting and they're developing their own sort of style that revolves around lane swapping and focusing on the early game. Um, and their early games look extremely good. They need to clean up their mid game a little bit, but they're working on that. Um, and I think as the year moves forward, we'll see a transition to more like early game comps in the meta um, that are harder to execute. And TSM will be a little bit ahead of that curve. So I think they'll have the upper hand in the playoffs and the summer split um, as that rolls around. Especially if they can whip out a comp like the one they played against FlyQuest and execute on that 5k gold lead this time, it'll be a super dangerous weapon in the best of five. Um, so I think winning is still important in the spring split, but dropping two games to the two best teams in the league while they're trying new interesting drafts isn't the worst thing ever. Um, there's Comp against C9 was a little troll, but I like the fact that they tried to do something against a, one of the best teams in the league instead of just getting steamrolled doing the same old thing like every other team has been doing. So basically what I'm saying is the drafts are and the losses aren't they're developing a unique style and I think it'll pay off in the long run. By the way, I'm very sad because we lost viewers whenever we mentioned double if it was online. So that was a huge mistake. Okay. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably what do you think of this, this concept as a former coach, maybe current coach just on a break? on a vacation i'm on a sabbatical sabbatical Travis. yeah <laughs> uh, is, is, the, is think... there a world where the right way to play the game isn't the way that is most likely to win the game uh, nah. i mean it depends what your goal is like i mean if you want to like if you want to practice like a world style meta now i think you're insane i think if you're not trying to win what's in front of you i think you're kind of insane so, I'm going to go ahead and say the TSM draft was, like, not a new thing or anything, where they did, like, yeah, the Talia Pantheon. I mean, it's, Pantheon is pretty new for NA, weirdly enough. Um, I say Talia's still not super meta yet. So, I guess it was a new draft, but I don't think they were trying anything crazy. Like, I mean, they had the snowball, like, based on what the enemy was picking. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say, like, they played this in scrims and stomped kids and we're like all right this is our best chance to win this week because they're not in a position where they can just drop games for fun like they're still struggling to get into that second seed so i don't think they're really experimenting i think this was their best practice they had this week was to play this you know talia pantheon kind of like global style and dive and in scrims it just worked out really well and they weren't able to like clean up their mid game enough to actually close uh against FlyQuest. yeah Mark? Mark, are you muted? You're muted, Mark. Sorry, I guess I coughed and muted on my own. Uh, I didn't realize I did it. Um, I pretty much agree with Prawley. I think, like, people... I think it, you can do something that you know is not your best stuff in scrims that week to practice something. Um, like, if I know Piglet can play Vayne with a Maokai... And a Lulu mid. But I want to practice something else that week. And then we have a week of practice on this comp that did pretty well. And then I pick it. That's still kind of my best thing that week to Prawley's point, right? Even if I'm trying to branch out or learn something new. Um, you know, I think that idea of we're doing something that's not optimal right now. We want to try this other comp. Or like Quas wants to try 
a, a carry that we think needs more resources than Piglet can get. So now Piglet's on Ezreal and we're doing this. You know, like these are the kinds of things that we were we would do some weeks, which wasn't like about just winning that specific week, but trying different things out. But even to that point, you know, if something wasn't working, it wasn't like we'd fucking go on stage and draft that thing that we were struggling to play all week. Usually what would happen is by like Thursday, we would, you know, bitch out on whatever plan we were doing if it wasn't working and go back to scrimming the last two days on what we thought would be our best thing to get into a groove to then go into LCS with some momentum. And then you would play that, you know? Um, Yeah. And I assume that's what TSM was doing, and to, to Prawley's point, that they should have been good at this comp. And I think if you look at it, they they executed it really well for the first 15. And I think once Kabe got one shot, he started playing that game so scared of Syndra. Understandably, but he built Hex Drinker. He's like not getting autos off in fights. He's scared to walk forward and finish the turret off when the Rift Herald hits it. Um, and then like they kept trying to make plays on the Syndra mid, but they're really disjointed. And so like they, they broke down. Because whatever happened in scrims didn't happen on stage, and they weren't able to to adapt to the new situation fast enough. And even then, they got a baron. Like they could have won that game. It wasn't end of the world. So I I leave that game sad that they lost because I thought TSM was our clear cut number two team. I leave that game going okay, they're not, but I I don't think they're doomed or anything. No, um, and I guess my point wasn't that they're actively like choosing not to play what's going to win them games um, to practice stuff. I just think it's a promising sign that they're doing things that are unique and they have like this own style that they're running and they can stop early games like that. Even if like their mid game isn't the cleanest and they make a lot of mistakes, even itemization mistakes, I think they can clean that up moving forward. And we've seen their progress over the first like four weeks cleaning up their mid game. And I think that's only going to go upwards. So I guess what I was saying is that their style of the draft and stuff that they're doing is interesting because it's developing like their own style that's unique um and i see that as being promising sign moving Mm. forward yeah i think only criticism i would have is uh just again this is super surface level is yeah tsm's biggest faults have been like their mid and late game right how they're playing the map and how they're actually engaging fights Mm. so if i was to draft something where we had like some early game stomp like yeah the talia pantheon like, there's a good chance they actually didn't get to practice mid-game because they would stomp early game so hard that, like, Baron would go down and then they could just, like, end the game and kind of actually, like, cheat their mistakes by playing something like that. Mm. Um, so if I'm TSM and I'm going, like, all right, my mid-late is, like, not... That's my weak point and I need to fix it, I would actually... I wouldn't pick hard scaling or anything like that, but I'd literally be picking, like, I'm going to spike at two-item team comp. Like, let's go fucking fight at 25 minutes and and see what happens. And kind of draft that way instead of just doing like hard early game where i have to close fast because you're never gonna feel that pressure on stage unless you're playing yeah talia versus cindra talia versus victor or something like that like you're never gonna feel that pressure of like we gotta take these big risks we gotta do this but more naturally you're gonna take these risks when you have like a small advantage where you it's like comfortable to take so like that's something that's a criticism i would have towards tsm is like i would be drafting stuff that's like more realistic what i'm going to be playing and like more realistic to the problems I have right now. Hmm. Hey, I saw uh, Mark chuckling during that take. I don't know if he has anything to say. Oh, it's, got something? It, uh, it's because... Th- so what probably said happens all the time. You play this early game scomp, and you just like shit on kids in scrims, and people FF because they don't like getting shit on. And so you never actually practice closing a game out. The game will end at 15 minutes when you 3 for their bot lane for the second time with the jungler underneath the turret and they'll be like, okay, game's over. I was speaking to someone 
and I don't think this is leaking too much information, but I was speaking to someone who said they played against that comp and it did go late. So I almost said it on the desk after that game and mm-hmm. brought up Prawley's exact point about how some games are just like super stompy and scrims and you don't actually get to practice that portion. I don't think that was the case in, in this one example, which is why I was smiling because I was like, I almost said this exact thing, but someone uh, <laughs> someone let, gave me some inside information about it. But I don't think that's too too inside to say, yeah, they practiced... I assume they practice. They played this comp at least once before a stage. Right? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, exactly. They're kind of insane gamers. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Pre, thanks so much for calling. Uh, anything you want to say before we move on to our next caller? Oh yeah. Um, as an engineering student, uh, I also appreciated that for your transform reference. Let's go. <laughs> also, can we get a decent LCS like standings slash news app? If anyone has any suggestions, throw them in the chat for me because I swear they don't exist. They always exist, and then they don't make any money because nobody downloads them, and then so then they stop existing because no one wants to update them. I've downloaded a few that have just died, and I'm like, what? Yeah, because like on? that's the problem is like none of these ever hit critical mass. Uh, right? Sure. I think was talking a long time ago talks about how they were going to make an app, and then they just never did, um, which is kind of par for the course with that company when it comes to esports. Hey, uh, thanks so much for calling, Pre. We will uh, catch you next time. Thanks, man. This is this is gonna be my new shtick. I was I was telling people this. I had really good engagements on the JLXP by just talking about sine waves and acoustics and Fourier transforms. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm always gonna pick some random topic to talk about so that people who are like who get it are like, bro, I get that, and they're like super excited, whereas everyone else doesn't get it. But you get that like boost from the people who do. Because they're so excited to be like, I got that. Before that, that's great work. Right. Before we move on to the next caller, can I? Uh, he left. He left so fast. Oh, fuck! I really wanted to talk about something, and now I feel like I can't. You don't want to talk about it with me? No, because it's going to turn. Uh, it's a longer conversation. It's it's longer than like the fifteen seconds it takes them to bring the next person in, and. Uh, No, I can't. I'm back. Uh, Quos? Is that how you say it? What's going on? Yep, that's right. Quos, where are you calling from? Sacramento, California. Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, the state capital. What do you want to talk about? My take was that um, orgs, uh, particularly NA orgs, don't understand what leadership is. Um, mainly because of the something that I didn't know about until you guys brought it up on a previous uh, edition of Hotline League about CLG, like, marketing Smoothie as this player who was going to turn their team around, like, because their communication was, like, a pivotal issue in seasons past, and him talking a lot was going to help. Um, and I just think that's stupid. Um, it doesn't really make any sense to me that CLG thinks that because a player is vocal, uh, that they're going to help the leadership of the team or help bring clarity to any issues. Isn't this just the the same take that Mark had on the episode that you're referencing? Um, No, I have, I have a lot more about it to be honest, because I think that um, just the orgs in general don't understand what, what leadership is. And I think that there's some concepts from counter-strike that could help. Go for it. Yeah. So for like, I guess the first part of this theory that I have is that, um, like all of the content on YouTube, or at least the vast majority of content on YouTube about League of Legends revolves around like solo carrying your game or 1v9ing with this champion or whatever. Whereas 
Um, in Counter Strike, there's a lot of content about like breaking down how in-game leaders like structured around, and th there's a lot more like analytical content about how you could get your team to work together um, to to get to you know a win, to to make a win and happen, and like how you're supposed to play off your teammates, but but there's not a lot of that for League of Legends. Like, um, for instance, like League of Legends doesn't even have voice chat. And I know that a lot of people are going to say that, oh, the community is too toxic for voice chat or it would just like make things devolve to a point of like memes or whatever. But I think that that's something that's a tool that we need as players to develop um, like our social subs our social skills and then inevitably our well, they have skills. They have voice chat in esports. Um... I, I don't want to cut you off, but I just mean I don't want to go down the voice. They should have the voice chat uh, feature in the game because I feel like that's less relevant to, to the esports stuff, right? You're talking about sure. leadership in game. Sure, sure, but but mainly the reason why I bring that up is that every player from like the beginning of their career starts with the base game, and I think that the base game as it is develops selfish players that don't understand how to work around their teammates because they're so focused on carrying their lane or like being more mechanically skilled that the players that we have in LCS right now or in Academy are starting off with less, so less social skills, less leadership skills to create teams that are actually able to contend with Korean and LPL teams um, that have just like culturally a uh, more respect for the game and more respect for their coaches. Like I'm not trying to say that NA doesn't have all the external elements there, like the coaching staff, the, the um, analytical staff that do all of like the data on, on the back end to figure out like, you know, what, what drafts and stuff are going to be good. All of that is there, but the end game leadership isn't there. The coaches leave the stage and you're left with just the five players that you have. And the more imports that you bring in for the mecha their mechanical skill um, and the more players that you bring in from Challenger that only know solo and duo queue, um, like the less teamwork you're going to have, uh, the more you're going to have to work to build that up. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Probably. Yeah, I As the most I recent coach... Really. I said, as, as the recent coach on this show, what do you think of uh, player, players' leadership and orgs kind of identifying well, that? Well, and stuff, I, and right? as, as before we go into the broader topic, probably I'm kind of curious. I feel like the idea of a shot caller has died. Like that mm -hmm. was a big thing, like four years ago, maybe five years ago, and now oh, way more recent. By the way, people really? are still asking, like, who's the shot caller of your team? Like, well, so, so the community that? still kind of does that ago? a little bit, but like two years ago, but but teams actually did kind of i feel like th there was such a thing as a shot caller years ago like high was very clearly the shot caller of c9 we, we talked like the whole reason the shot caller concept exists is because there was a time in which teams seemed to align around a single individual and i just don't even like i don't think that's a thing anymore um and i'm kind of yeah. curious if that if based off your coaching time and maybe talking to other coaches or whoever like is that a thing I mean, am I answering you or answering the caller? Because the caller's me, asking a whole bunch of other stuff. Me first. I, I'm curious. Me first? About well, because we're okay, talking about so, in-game leaders. I just because I'm the podcast host. I, okay, so my yeah, show. an isolated shot caller is like shenanigans. Um, mostly because they're going to miss information that other people will have. So the ability for your top laner to be able to carry a game like communicatively 
uh, is pretty valuable because the support's not going to know how exactly strong this guy is. He's also not going to be able to shot call his like skill expression. So you notice like some players are like really comfortable camping in bushes for like their sneaky play, and other players like hard push lanes. Like if you're the shot caller, like you can't really micro them that hard. Um, so having an isolated shot caller means you're going to be microing your team, which means you need to be like a team fight team, and that's pretty much the only style you could play. Maybe you could do split pushing and then really hope your top laner can think for himself a little bit. But even that is pretty difficult um, because yeah, the and leads... as we just learned from another from a video. You can't control the other players on your team. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. I mean, I mean, even like best case scenario that you could, it, that's always a s situation that's less efficient than a team who has some like, you know, their own entity and they can think for themselves. Yeah. Um, so on to the the callers uh, points. Probably. Uh, I'm still not talking. I mean, well, oh, yeah. one one thing you mentioned is how like players respect the gamer coaches. I mean, I think you're really correct on that. I think uh, league players and probably a lot of esports players, um, I think it's hard for them to respect the coach. I think part of it is because their success is derived from them disobeying their parents, pretty much. Um, so, like a big authority figure in their life, they've had success by not listening to them. I mean. I got to where I was playing League because I didn't go to sleep or I didn't study. And I had to fight with my parents about that kind of stuff. I'm sure almost every pro went through that, where they're just like, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to go play this game. And now they have success. Um, so putting them in a situation where they're now they have to go listen to someone, it's like, well, I mean, they got to where they were not listening to people, and now they're being forced to listen to. Like, that's a weird kind of transition to what they've been used to. And I think this is pretty true to, like, everyone. And also, in regular sports, you're kind of trained with a coach when you're young traditional. right at traditional sports you're, you're trained with a coach so when you're younger you had a coach and now you have a coach so it's okay but these esports players they never had a coach and then when they finally make it somewhere they have someone telling them what to do and that's i think a big shift um i will say i also agree with like the leadership is kind of weird because when you're playing solo queue you're taught to hate your teammates pretty much uh, i don't think anyone plays solo queue and is like wow i'm really glad i got this team like no, you play solo queue and you're constantly pissed at the people who are on your team. Um, so it does make you really isolated as a player until you finally branch out and find your duo queue partner or something. But I think that problem exists in every region. So I don't think this is like NA specific um, for like leadership issues. I think it's just kind of the way the game is. And I think a lot of the personalities that played League yet yeah, don't have natural leadership capabilities. Yeah. And even if they do, no one really wants to listen and take orders from someone. That's sort of why I'm bringing this up is because I think that if we want NA to make it um, in any meaningful way on the international stage, we have to find a way that we can play the game better than another region. Because when you're taking like the the LCK and the LPL just importing players over to our teams to have like you know to be on even footing mechanically speaking isn't necessarily a great um, strategy. Like in NA, one of the benefits that we have is that there I think is a lot of room for skill expression in every lane. Like players are really creative in the Western regions and they don't just do exactly what their coaches tell them. So even though that could be seen as a problem, it also could be seen as a solution. Like sort of the way that G2 plays the game like really strangely, I guess, to me or to a viewer, but because they're all on the same page, 
like about or at least most of the time like it kind of works um and i think that like you you see the way that if lck and lpl and those teams are like culturally like built to like really respect their their elders and respect like the way their coaches view playing the game like we could have in-game leaders that sort of bring what the coaches have externally to the inside of the game so that like you could see like a player like high bring a team together on the international stage and like make the right calls at the right time to outplay this team instead of having to win lane against all of these mechanical uh, gods. I, I mean, but like, it's one thing, I think we've really extrapolated this topic from a specific mm. instance that I can kind of agree with potentially with like CLG and Smoothie. I don't think this is even close to fair to talk about G2 in the same capacity. G2 is not like this team with a bunch of fucking lunch pail to work, you know, oh, we're so like, you know, we're just outthinking everybody. They're fucking amazing players. Caps is dirty. Wonder's dirty. I watch Cap uh Perks and and um Wonder before they got Caps and before they got Mickey. They were already slapping the shit out of people on the world stage. They like two V five their way. Because it wasn't Yarnin and Wadid. No offense to those guys. They were they're good. I don't want to make fun of them. But that, that was like that was the Perks and Wonder show, and they carried them to semis, right? In 2018. Right? Like they're fucking good. It's not like they like they're it is not G2 is not this just only big brain team. And it's not like, oh man, they're five guys with great leadership qualities, yada yada yada. Like a lot of the best teams, you know. You're not going to out... <laughs> There's a great joke. You know, when someone dunks the ball in basketball and soars over three defenders, you're not like, wow, what a smart player. <laughs> you know? It's like, he's fucking 6'8 with like a 40-inch vertical. That's like that's like what G2 is. A lot well, of their maybe, players. Yeah, on, on, on a mechanical level. And so like, it's not just like they're sitting there. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, we got to mimic... Yeah, yeah. It's like, if you can give me a player like Wonder, you know, and I, I'm sure coaching has to do with it, and he's, he's very smart about the game and stuff like that, but it's not just, wow, look at that split push rise 26 minutes in the game. They're doing other stuff. So I, I think we've gone past where this concept can apply. Well, well, let me counter one more thing, because I, th I think that maybe this other example is a bit more relevant. I, I see what you're saying there. That was probably a bit of a reach. But um, just, like, I'll bring up IMT's scoreline compared to TL's scoreline right now and Zabutine saying, like, basically, while they may not have the best players in the league, they have a group of smart players. And, like, although their games have been, like, pretty scrappy, um, and that's an understatement, like, they are getting wins. And I think that, you know, we may see that idea play out the rest of the season with IMT being in playoffs and TL like being at the bottom of playoffs or maybe not even in it, depending on how things go. Uh, I just think that having intelligent players that are all on the same page in the game, while maybe unrealistic right now, is something that we should strive towards and that the tools that we have in the base game of League of Legends to develop those skills are really lacking. And I think that's something we need to solve if we want to move forward as a
Well, I guess, I guess just wrap it up. I, I It's funny because you started to bring up the idea of in-game voice chat, and immediately I was like, because we've handled so many callers in the past, that kind of just like go off on tangents to campaign for their personal initiatives. But actually, I think it was a really interesting point, and it's one that probably kind of followed up, which is like sometimes I think we miss that fundamental features of the way people interact with this game echo out into the pro scene. So I thought it was a good one. Hey, uh, thanks, Quoz, for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the last caller? Yeah, no, Um, just thanks for having the show. I, I guess it, it, it helps a lot of us who don't really follow League of Legends um, too often to know about things going on uh, in the scene. And, um, yeah, it's, it helps people interact with the game. So thanks to you guys for having me on the show. And, yeah. Thank safe. you so much for the call. That's super nice of you. Have a good thanks. one. Yeah. We've got two more callers to go. I'll have to move through these quick because we're a little bit over time, although I know we started late. We're oh, over wait, time. what was the thing? Do I get extra food now if we go over time? No. Uh, what was the thing? Because I drove you home. What was the thing? <laughs> I was going to talk. I was going to bring something up around Mark. Remember the thing I was trying to remember or I wanted to say last time and then I didn't oh, say yeah. it? Oh, yeah. What was it? I mean, you didn't say it, so I can't remember. You just said it takes like 15 minutes or something. I wish you just paid more attention to this show, probably. Like, it, if you're going to be a guest, at least try to act. What, are, hey. what am I supposed to do during this time? Uh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, my my Discord's being stupid as shit. So, Travis, can you get Rage the Mudkip? Yeah, yeah. I can't click Rage anybody. the Mudkip. Welcome to the show. Wait, have you called in before? Uh, no, this is my first time calling. Okay, we had another Pokemon-oriented person like a year or two ago. Uh, what do you want to call, or what, where, sorry, where are you calling from? Uh, Turlock, California. Where's that? Uh, it's like in the middle of like Modesto and Merced. Oh, that's why I don't know where it is. Anyway, sorry, could you, where's, <laughs> uh, what do you want to talk about? All right, so a little background. So I'm a huge Cloud9 fan, but I've only been a fan since like 2015, so I've watched them go to like every final and lose. So I have a feeling that they won't win this split either <laughs> oh no I, I, I love this call do you that's great i don't i don't want to believe it but yeah history I miss it. what are we laughing not, at history is not kind to see nine in finals mark were you He's, zoning out during the callers no i had to restart my discord what do you say oh he just said he said like i've been like he started to set up as if it was a big like thing <laughs> He just goes, been a big fan, called them in all these finals, and they already get second place, so I think they're just going to get <laughs> second place. <laughs> do you have any analysis oh, or any commentary for that? Or do you just... History. This is, this is a therapy. So, <laughs> no, <called>. so... <laughs> I, I want you guys to prove me wrong, but I do have some things that I've like written, written down. Okay, yeah, go um, for it. Like, how... It, it kind of feels to me like this is kind of like almost like an immortal run um, back when they went like 17 and one and they were like predicted to get into finals or whatever. And they just had a wrong read on the meta. And so they got upset and I feel like that might possibly happen. Um, either that or like blabber or, you know, someone on the team might feel like more pressure when it gets like later in the playoffs. And like, especially I'm like looking more at blabber because he's known for like kind of going back to, like being super aggressive and that might punish them like later on in playoffs. I understand where you're coming from, but the, the one thing that that Immortal team never had 
was Reaper. True. They had Dylan Falco, which not saying anything about him, but Reaper like just did. I just mentioned the ones here, ones here. I just said names. Whatever you think, that's in your head. I didn't. You're, I didn't you're say you're doing anything. the prolly hand gesture thing. What does it mean when one's here, yeah, one's know. here? You don't even know which hand is Reaper and which hand is Exactly. Isn't. I just said two <laughs> I like names. It. I said two names, and whatever you thought, that's your thoughts. I didn't put those there, okay? Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is Reaper's really good about putting his players in positions to succeed at what they're good at. And? Um, and then you, you had a comparison. No, I'm just saying Reaper. that's that's no, that's why I think it's it's going to work out. Where even if Blabber does have these things, where he wants to play aggressive champions or he wants to play a certain way, I think Reaper does a good job of making sure that that will work within the team. So maybe Kendra's Dude, meta and they're back Blab- to Zillion Kendra. Played at Worlds. Yeah, like I think NA is not a big deal anymore for him, at least for playoffs. Maybe it'll change him a bit, but I don't think it'll be a choke or anything like that. Yeah, even even a meta shift, I think he can live through, even though it's you know. You, We're talking about I, blabber, not yeah, blabber. like okay. yeah, yeah. So blabber played at Worlds. He's not going to get shy on the the playoff stage or anything like that. And yeah, I trust I trust them to navigate meta change as well. Okay, so I mean, you're was... not you're not worried because you feel like blabber is secure. Uh, Ra- uh, Rage, did you have or Mudkip, did you have other concerns? Uh. I would say my only other concern was like we're only we're only like halfway through the split, so like the teams that are kind of not looking as good than what we like think they should be, like TSM they, for they example. Right, I think they'll be able to catch up by the end. Um, I mean, the gap is pretty huge. Yeah, right. I know that, but just like this inner skeptic in me is like. I don't Wait, know. So you think TSM is the team that's going to beat C9 in the finals? Mm, I think if there's any team to do it, it would probably be TSM. It, like, yeah. No TL late surge? No. I I really think that TL is just going to go back to fourth. Oh. <laughs> I like that. They're, not even they're, never, they're never bouncing back. I like that. Do you think only... Uh... Oh, wait, wait, this is kind of the hotter take. I want to spend five seconds on it. Do you think... <laughs> do you think that they will be fourth next split too. Does this team not? Does TL not make it to Worlds this year? Uh, I think TL will make it to Worlds, but they won't get to finals this this split. Okay, so this oh, split okay. they're fourth, but next next split they they play. Yeah, fourth. next split they'll be able to bounce back enough to at least get to Worlds. Okay, fair. So. Mark and Prawley, he's concerned that TSM's going to catch up. Will they catch up? Well, actually, I have a question because I wasn't here for the Immortals run. I just remember watching the disaster. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I saw from across the sea. So here's what happened. They played 17 games of Lucian top in scrims <laughs> that week. Okay. Didn't practice anything different. Didn't put anything in their back pocket. Maybe they did a couple. But, you know, 17 games is is about your week of scrims, usually. So I don't know what else they did for prep, but they played 17 games of Lucian Top. And then they played Lucian Top, and then they lost with Lucian Top. Hey, well, going off what Mark is saying is true, that is just some crazy terrible prep, especially for a new patch. So if you're worried C9 is going to fall into Immortals Trap, yeah, I already say 
I'm not even gonna just credit Reaper, but I'm gonna credit the players are not gonna be that dumb to just pick one champion 17 times. So I'm giving credit to all the whole organization. I think they can solve that Immortals issue. Um, I also don't know how clean the Immortals wins were during the regular season. Like the way they were C9 dominant. They they were like, like C9. The C9 in terms of like they're just like shitting on everyone because C9 not just like you know 10-0 in every lane. They usually mm-hmm. like they can actually grow a gold lead you know with the lack of kills almost. I would say in terms of dominance, they are somewhat similar. Uh, there were yeah. lane swaps at the time. In spring, I think they were dead by summer. But in spring, yep. when all the solution top stuff this happened, twenty sixteen, twenty sixteen spring, yeah. Uh, so there's there's lane swaps in spring. They were really good about lane swaps and stuff too. They were a very smart team. They were good. They were really good. It's just I think like you know we're saying the prep was was really bad for for playoffs and uh, bad read on the meta, whatever you want to call it, choking. Who knows? A bunch of stuff went wrong. Rage. Has this helped you at all? Wait, we did, did we talk about the TSM? Oh, nope. TSM catching up? I don't know. I mean, I think TSM will catch up a bit, but it looks like I don't know, they, they have a long way to go to look close to what oh. C9 is performing right now. Okay. Mark, Mark. What I I said the same thing as probably said it's a big gap. Okay. You know, it's it's not like. Even though they aren't that far apart, and well, they are. It's eight over, yeah. four four. You know, it's actually a four this game is a lead. Huge gap, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Mudkip. I hope this has helped. Sleep easy. No, yeah. you guys. Yeah, you guys definitely instilled some hope in me. <laughs> I, go, go worth, buy their spring championship merch if it's out. Oh, oh yeah. I want to play LCS stock market because I actually feel like I'd be doing quite well right now. Because the funny thing is, I am a shit analyst, but. LCS is just a repeating pattern. Dig and fly quest come out the gate in the beginning. Everybody's like, oh my god, these teams look so good. And then and then they you know it's just like you could just predict because you could just see the like it just repeats itself over this and over again. Oh wait, did, did Travis get sent the script too? Or just me? And my I favorite think, What? Go ahead, Travis. Oh, are you gonna flame me? Oh, like, I'm flaming you. You're gonna be like, oh, these guys who aren't analysts think that they could just say things. No, it doesn't have anything to do with being an analyst. It's just people who don't Put their money where their mouth is, and then afterwards be I, like, if "Whoa!" If I could play the LCS stock market, I would fucking put my stupid. You can't. It's LCS just market. a fucking spreadsheet you download. It's online. Uh, that's a lot of work. Hey, uh, <laughs> Kip, thanks so much. What about I'm a power wor- ranking? I don't think C9 is. Where's your win, power so ranking? Right that's just a video. You. Hey, I well, I put. I do. I'm on this broadcast right now. This live stream. Okay, we got 2,600 plus people watching. Then we're gonna have tens of thousands of people watch on. YouTube. We're also gonna have several thousand people watch the pod of this. So and we're we have the podcast version of this, which last is uh, we. I told you the numbers today; they're quite good. I am gonna say right now, I think something will go wrong, and C9 won't win Spring Split. Money or my fucking mouth is Mark. Anyway, Mudkip. Hope this has helped. Uh, if there's anything that you would like to uh, say here, any shoutouts, plugs at the end of the call before I move on to the final final caller. Uh, yeah, go. Oh, sorry. You go. You go. Okay. Yeah, go Cloud9, and uh, shout out to Avali for making all these great videos for our uh, weekends. Yeah. She'll appreciate that. I don't know if she's in the chat. I saw her in the chat earlier, but you should tweet her at tweet that at her and tell her that, because uh, I know she's been putting a lot of work in it. And this week, actually, funny little story, uh, I was in Palm Springs last week, and I came home Saturday morning so I could get the gear 
and go to the studio. Couldn't find my gear. Found out that, found out that awfully <laughs> told, uh, told Broden, oh, Travis told me I could borrow the gear, so you can probably just go get it from his house. Message Kobe. So he messaged Kobe and was like, and thinking that I had approved all this, Kobe let him into my home, let him take the stuff from my office. They filled with it. I came home, searched for 30 minutes for my tripod, was suddenly like, I think things are missing and have been taken from my home. Message Broden and found out that Ovely had, had sent him in as a, a thief. Or their video in which they did a video about thieves. Anyway, thanks, Rage, for the call. Yep. Have a good night. Travis. Mark. So you're predicting the field versus C9, right? Basically? Yeah, I think, so, I think C9 is will be cursed to get second. This is not a slight what? against C9. I don't want Jack to fucking come here and here. Jack, stop all. giving him interviews. What are the odds? What What are you giving your odds for the field over C9? Three to one? Sorry, uh, you mean like I, a 25% chance that C9 wins, 75% chance another team wins? So I, for three, I was saying you think it's more likely that the field wins, but like what is the percentage? Oh. Yeah, three to one is fine. I'm done with that. Okay, so if C9 wins, you'll buy me three things of Jack in the Box. Yeah, they if, don't sponsor us. If yeah. Bud Light, three things of... Three... I mean, Bud Light doesn't sponsor us either, but they sponsor at least something in League. So, what, three 24-packs? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Holy shit. Either either you can take me out for a dinner that's three times as expensive, or you can take me out three times. But what, let's let's pick the thing now for three to one odds, and I'll take C9. Let's, let's do Bud Light. <laughs> because I hope that us doing this will encourage them to, to raid us from the Bud Light Lounge at some point in time. Great. Let's do that. No, three, three, not three Alienwares. Three cases of beer, a little different than... <laughs> three Alienware laptops. I'll, I'll return you this one. What what do what, I... What, what do I get? Oh, Jack just showed up in chat. Back for uh, Jack. Dinner. Sorry, Steve just made. Or, excuse me, Travis just made a bet that I you guys. I was so won't... safe. This man is all. <laughs> Does he get like a fucking alert? He's normally <laughs> in the chat. I thought I was safe. I was like, okay, Jack's not around. I could make this. I could make this bold statement. He he shows up. Ah. <sighs> So he said he's taking the field that someone will beat you. There's no way you're going to win spring split. I said 25% three, chance. Three, three to one odds. No, you said it's more likely. Yeah, you said yeah, 75%. I gave C9 a 25% chance. Right, right, right. So yeah. he's he's going to buy me three things at Jack in the Box. If I you, thought Bud Light. Three, Bud Light, excuse me. Three cases of Bud Light. Three cases of Bud Light. What do you buy me if C9 wins? Or sorry, I if, buy you one, one case of Bud Light. Yeah, you get one. I get, get one. one thing of Bud Light? Three okay. to one, yeah. All right, well... Jack, Jack pitting the sad, the Bible thump in the, in the Twitch chat. Let's go get the next person because uh, Jack Last did an interview with me this weekend and I don't, I, now I feel bad. Alright. <laughs> How do I add sub? He says, see, I knew this was going to happen. And why'd you go three to one, man? Oh, I was like, I even said, what, why did I say three to one? What's wrong with that? I mean, it wasn't just a bet against them. It was like a hard bet against them. Well, 50-50 is like pretty boring, don't you feel like? I mean, you could go 2 to 1. Yeah. But, but damn, but 3 I, to I, 1 is like they're fucking losing. No, that's a 25% chance. 
Yeah, it took that's us nine other teams. Have you got twenty five percent on a test? It's, it's Would you not, say, oh, it's I got not like I had a, a fifty fifty or two to one against like a specific other team? There are nine other teams. Like, I feel like you give most team owners a twenty five percent chance of getting first place versus every other team in the league. They take that. Yeah, not at like week five when the rest of the league doesn't look good. You gotta. You can't just take it at what you just said. You need to put more thought into it. <clears throat> Brown 15 where are you calling from? Uh, Cincinnati. How's it going, man? Cincinnati. Well, it's not going great, uh, but I'm going glad you great. asked. It's not. That's <laughs> 1 a.m. It's not going great over here either. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's tough. <clears throat> what do you What do you want to talk about? Uh, all right, I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to break this into two things. I didn't realize. Say that. it how you said it to me. Okay. All right. I'll start out. I'm gonna. Ah, fuck. Whatever. All right. Is Niski the most replaceable member of C9? That is the blanket question. Oh, Jesus. Uh, We're waiting till Jackson. Niska was oh, in the yeah, chat no, no, earlier, I, too. Did he leave? Yeah, he left. But I, oh, no, he's, well, he's still active as a moderator. I don't know if he's actually. Looks to the side. <laughs> is everyone cool here? <laughs> yeah, oh, he's there. Here. He is. <laughs> he's in the chat. All right. All right. Well, all right let, let me preface this before you guys do your analyzing thing. Yeah. Um, Jackson, I think this was the whole show, by the way. He's too yeah. The first off, first off, huge C9 fan. Um, I basically live on this subreddit, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. But there was a yeah. lot of Reaper praise before. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, but so here's how I see it. Right now, without question, Licorice, in my opinion, if you were to toss him in the LEC, is a top three oh. top laner. Same for the bot lane. I think three fifths of Cloud9's team would compete uh, potentially in the finals of any LEC team if you were to just plop them right in. Reaper, being the intelligent coach that he is, has structured his team to where it's essentially a jungle mid funnel into either the bot or the top lane based on who grabs first. And I think it's been very effective. And it's also, I think they would be immune to a lot of the international challenges they may face. Because when you look at the, what we'll call the international filter, right? The filter that separates good teams from great teams, uh, good NA teams from great national te international teams, is the mid gap and the play style that they've created is that there's really no mid laner for there to be a gap to be formed. Niski is essentially a second jungler that sometimes picks up farm in the mid lane, which has been incredibly effective. And I think with that being said, regarding the efficacy and agency of his role, is he the most replaceable member or is only a Niski as person Theoretically, if he's capable? a second jungler, you could just get any jungler and stick them in right. and have them pick so up So this the isn't ass. necessarily so this isn't necessarily a flame as much as is this something cuz I'm asking is this something that is a Niski trait that only he could perform like if you were to <laughs> this is help a great save saying way, a mid laner not... is a second jungler is total flame by the way yeah. any mid laner will be super offended that you say that except so for the yeah, one that's down 60 flame. cs at 10 minutes 3 games out of 57 <laughs> I, I love I love the, the trying to convert this at the last minute. Not a flame, by the way. In fact, maybe a great <laughs> that's hard. That's hard flame for a first-place team. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say, like, Niski is, like, one of the staples of why C9 is performing well. Um, I think what he's doing is not uh, replicable from other teams, other players. I think what he's doing is pretty hard to actually do. Uh, and... I mean, yeah, I would say he's one of the least members uh, 
that you could replace and the team would still have a similar play style or similar success. Okay, probably I muted it so that Twitch chat can't hear us, which means Niski can't hear us. Just for the for us, four people, what mm. do you actually think of Niski? Is he actually replaceable? No. Dude, I actually remember watching Niski in, in A and in EU, and I was like, this guy's not that great. And then since he came to C9, he's been playing awesome. I think this year is obviously his best so far, but... No, I, I, mean, I went I went through not being a fan of this guy, like just performance wise, to being a fan. So yeah, I, it's legit. I think he is the most successful team first mid laner. Even though he plays aggressive champions, you know, like Kiana and stuff. He like what Prawley's saying is, in theory, without getting into like team dynamics necessarily, it's like you could replace Jensen with Bjergsen or swap those two players easier than you could put one of them in C9's play style right now. Um, he's more unique. He roams a lot. He's down CSD a fair amount because like, if you look at the game versus Froggen, he's just like, ah, fuck farm and kind of like running around and stuff mm -hmm. like that. That play style, people, I, I, there's a lot of times that people talk about the philosophy of something, but they don't give credit to the execution. Like, it's not just that he's a team first player. He does it successfully. There's a lot of people who are like, I'm for the team. And they don't actually make the right plays. And they're not actually helping their team when they fall 20, 30 CS behind. They're just fucking themselves over while they go float bot lane for too long or something. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for not only being a team first player, but actually is good about making these things convert into leads for the rest of his team which is why I don't think he's easily replaceable at all. I don't know what, like, barring international, I don't know what mid laner in NA you could theoretically slot in and have the same, a similar kind of output. Okay, okay, okay. Could... So, D Brown 15 his take was, Niski is the most replaceable member on C9. You guys say he's not. So, obviously, the question is, if he's not, then who is? I mean, they had an MVP jungler last split. I don't know. Do you think Blabber's the most replaceable? Just because I've seen it most recently, right? That's true. Um, you guys it's are a tough like question. I say. Yeah, you got to pick one. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, here's I the know, I, it's I, like great I to say one. that Niski is not replaceable, yeah. but that implies that somebody else must be the most replaceable. I mean, I thought of someone instantly, but it's it sounds like flame, just like the caller, but it's not flame. <laughs> You're gonna okay? say Sven. I'm gonna say Sven. Okay, I knew Sven, it. Sven's playing awesome. Sven's such a good AD carry. I think he was good before C9, but I think this split he's playing like Legendary way better. KDA, like, and you want to? He's, he's playing like he wasn't EU. I remember playing against him in EU, and I was like, "Fuck, I don't want to play against Sven. Like he's gonna farm well. I can't punish him in lane. He's gonna scale well and team fight like out team fight my AD." That was like a feeling you had when you used to play against them. Uh, so I have that feeling again now. But I'm going to say the way C9 is playing and winning games, like you could put a solid AD and then Vulcan and the rest of the team can kind of carry that AD. They so would be Spence a worse team, right? It would but... be worse, yeah. But they would. it would be the least dynamic change. Like if you change yeah. jungler, they're going to like crumble and do something different. Top lane, I think maybe would be the second most replaceable but licorice is doing such a good job of like holding down the fort and being that occasional carry like the insurance policy as he calls it and i think vulcan i think support and jungler are too hard to replace so i'm gonna have to say like i don't know i think zvin's great but i think c9 could still do well with a different ad i think maybe Sven's the reason pushing them into an 8-0 <clears throat> situation 
um, or yeah, their Edo, yeah, Edo situation. But I think if I had to, right, gun to my head, I had to replace one person. I think Ben, for you, that would be the that would be the least impact. Here's what we need: we're we need... spamming this Ben, <laughs> this Ben <laughs> twice. <maybe. laughs> we need no, Jack. If, if you can. If you could record like a C9 confessional piece of content where you ask the players who they think the most replaceable player is. That's I mean, if, they, if he does that, then I definitely win this bet. <laughs> like, there's no way. He gets voted Nisky, off the island. Misty, who, who's the most replaceable player on your team if you're still watching? Yeah. Um, by the way, so the, is it two or three players that have gotten the MVP? Oh, he says Spence Karen. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, okay. All right. That's that's rough. Um <laughs> By the way, is it two or three players on C9 on C9 that have gotten the MVP award? Three. Ben, Niski, and Blabber. Okay. So Wait, I interviewed uh, not to spoiler, but I interviewed Vulcan tonight and I cuz they teased him uh like, "Hey, why should you get it right before uh they announced that it was Niski?" And uh I said, if all five of you get it, I feel like they should start a campaign to try to get Reapered to be to get MVP. Um, no, and just break it. Yeah, <laughs> no. let's give MVP to a coach. That's happened a great in ULCS. Yeah, it happened once, and what a mistake! What kind of draft would that have to look like for Reaper to get it? The other team would have to miss all of their bands, and then. P- randomly pick at the last second all five of their champions, and then I'll say Reaper, you get player of the game. Lord. Hard win in draft. They actually... Yeah. They actually are so good at drafting that the other team just hard panics and can't pick anything. And they just drop all their bands and all their picks. Then uh, he can have MVP. <clears throat> D Brown 15 thanks for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the end of the show? I gotta get my ass to bed. Well, thank you. Thank you Get for calling in. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yep. you, bro. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, I everyone stick around because normally I do, uh, oh, normally I do like interviews afterwards, but I want to raid Peter with more viewers than Peter has, so that the chat message can be something about how he's a washed up streamer and I'm trying to help him out. <laughs> So please, no one leave, and I'm going to raid immediately after the show ends because it's very important. I will normally I try to bait a bunch of subs, but I want to, I want to make sure that I have, I don't. I will sacrifice the money from those subs in order to do this. Probably quick. What any shoutouts, plugs, anything you want to say? I'm plugging myself. I'm great. Please don't plug yourself on my stream. <laughs> That's something I don't, I don't yeah. want the, my audience to see. Phrasing was perfect. Mark? All right, so sine waves. No. Um, I have nothing to say. I'll be doing the dive tomorrow, so look for that to come out in the afternoon. Uh, other than that, let's go make fun of Peter. Okay. Wait. Uh, we're Okay, okay, we're still on top, I think. Um, <clears throat> the I've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, coming out soon uh some big news bunch of cool stuff uh, just stick around uh over the next couple of weeks you, you'll start to see stuff popping up uh this has been hotline league thanks so much for watching